bad time, this time of year. How many times is he gonna tell this story? Don't let him tell it. I love fairy tales. This ain't no fairy tale, little girl. If you don't take it seriously, you're a fool! <laughs> First Valentine's dance in 20 years. Has to be something special. Look, Landers, you gotta get a lot of exercise if you're gonna grapple with Gretchen. Oh, yeah? Well, I got a Valentine for her that she's never gonna forget. <laughs> right to the heart, huh? In this town on Valentine's Day, everybody loses their heart. Roses are red, violets are blue. One is dead, and so are you. It can't be happening again. It can't be happening again. What's going on over in Valentine Bluffs? It looks like Harry Warden's back in town. It happened once. It happened twice. Cancel the dancer, it'll happen twice. In the town of Valentine Bluffs, there are many ways to die. Take your pick. Bloody Valentine. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cinecult Podcast. Today we have a movie review just in time for the holiday of love. Today we are going to be reviewing the 1981 Canadian slasher, My Bloody Valentine. I am your host, Cordell Calkins, and joining me tonight is Tyler. What's up, Tyler? Not much. Happy Valentine's Day, buddy. Happy Valentine's Day, man. What are you <laughs> We're drinking? Gonna, uh, Miller Lite. We, me and you are going to sit around a table, light some candles, have some filet mignon. Maybe you, ju- you jerk me off, I jerk you off. we we'll see where the night goes. Oh, I'm down for that. I don't, <laughs> can we can we, uh, can we skip the filet mignon for some like chicken parmesan or shit? No, oh, I thought you were going to say skip the filet mignon and just go straight to the hand jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we got some chicken parm. I'm down for that. Oh, I haven't had some of that in a while. <laughs> uh, so, uh, drinking Miller Lite, huh? Oh, yeah, Miller Lite. And I think I'm getting old, Cordell. We've been uh, reno- reno- ha, renovating is the wrong word. Basically, moving furniture out of the living room and bringing in new because my wife was tired of my shit being scattered on different shelves all over the living room. So, I have it centralized into these two big shelves now, all my fucking stupid ass movies and toys that I have, but after just fucking moving some furniture around for God, probably less than an hour, my fucking legs have been sore for two goddamn days now. I don't I think, think I, you're walking enough. I think I can get my tubby ass out and walk around the block a few a few times, what it sounds like. <laughs> God damn. Uh, do you drink any other type of beer besides Miller Lite? Or is Miller Lite <laughs> like... Once again, I thought this question was going somewhere different. I thought you were going to say, do you drink anything but Miller Lite, like water or soda? Or... No, Miller Lite, I don't know. Uh, if, I, if Miller Lite is not an option, my go-to is Coors Light. 
me and Bud products don't get along. You remember that show we did on the old show where I drank Bud Platinum and I passed out on my back porch? I which which episode was that? I don't, I don't remember. remember. That one. <laughs> don't remember. <laughs> Barely remember laying down on the back porch. But uh, I think that was the night too where I walked up to the gas station to get cigarettes after we were done and I was puking all over the sidewalk on my way home. Oh. <laughs> so me and me and Bud products don't get along like at all. See, I can only drink Bud Light. I can't like sometimes I can down a Budweiser, but if beer, when it comes to beer, I drink Bud Light. If it's not beer, then I'm down in liquor. Oh yeah, see, I'm not a hard liquor guy. I got I got a few stories about Bud products, but oh the hard gosh, liquor. I did nine shots of Fireball at the at my local bar one night, back to back to back. Is that that was bar fun. you were at that Fireball. Nope. Oh. Nope. Okay. Oh, uh, God damn. Every ball around here must be a gay ball then. Well, well, I remember one of my one of my kids' birthday parties. It might have been my oldest boy's, like, eighth, ninth birthday. We had some people over, and uh, the night was kind of turning into night. The kids were doing whatever the fuck they were doing. But uh, my wife's friend was over, and her boyfriend was there. And he talked her into going to get a bottle of Jaeger. Well, they bring back that fucking Jaeger, and he's just sitting there drinking it. Like it's a fucking beer. And she's like, you're not just going to sit there and drink that. Like it's a fucking beer. He's like, oh, I'm not. So he hands it to me, you know, just to be like, oh, I'm not drinking all of it. So I start fucking drinking. Well, as the night's fucking winding down, I'm standing out front near a bush. And this guy kind of like leans towards me. I thought he was going to try to smack me in the balls because that's that's just where my mind goes. So I kind of go back a little bit and I realize I'm going to fall over. So I just let it happen. And I fell on the fucking bush <laughs> out in front of my fucking house. Man, I had to hold the wall to go to bed oh, that night. Shit. It was bad. So I, I really don't do hard liquor very much. Uh, but the hard liquor I do drink every once in a while is this is going to sound fucking totally fruity, but I like the Crown Royal Peach. It is so fucking good. And it's kind of hard to find around here. Whenever the stock comes in, people like hoard that shit up. But have you ever had the candy? Uh, they're, they're called peach rings. Yes. It tastes just like that. Ooh. My wife cannot stand the taste of alcohol at all. If you make her like a mixed drink and just taste a little bit of alcohol in there, she won't drink it. But she'll drink the she'll drink this fucking damn it. Crown, I'm drinking Dr. Pepper tonight. I probably should have broken out a bottle of wine for this. Mm. Now we are going to get romantic if you're breaking out wine. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a wine that I liked. I just I because I'm a broke ass son of a bitch. I just buy the cheap shit from my local Walmart. It works. I hear you. Unless we get another stimulus check, I might not be able to drink Miller Lite. I'll be drinking Natty Lite. <laughs> <laughs> That's some cheap shit right there. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I do I do have a, a Bud product in my bedroom, though, where I'm recording this. <laughs> I have a, uh, let's see. Let's see what this is. It's brewed in St. Louis. The only reason I have it is because, do you know who Stan Usual is? Uh, he's, a, he's a Cardinals no. player from way back in the Way, way, way back in the day, he's dead now, but they put out a, a Stan Musial Budweiser beer can. It's got his name on it and his baseball number, so I got that in my bedroom. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's a nice little collectible. But yeah, something, something. I know you probably don't care, Cordell, but I'm going to tell you anyways. You, you know I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan, right? Oh, I know you've mentioned it in the past, okay. yeah. We just got like one of the best third basemen in baseball from the Rockies. And we basically robbed him from him. We gave them shit. And we fucked them so hard, you know what they're going to do? Pay his, pay, the, pay, his, pay his salary for this year. <laughs> That's how bad they got fucked. 
but I was so goddamn excited. I don't know if Crackhead Craig listens to this show or not, but he's a Rockies fan. And he got, <laughs> got he's up. a Rockies fan, he says. The, he is a Rockies fan. But uh, yeah, he, he sent me a tweet saying, you know, enjoy him or whatever the hell. I forget exactly what he said, but man, I was pumped up. I told him on Twitter, I'm like, I am like way more excited about us getting Nolan Arenado than Trump losing the election. I'm like, I am a little bit more excited about this. This is amazing. <laughs> Holy shit. And you know how happy I was that that. that the, the day of the other yes i know <laughs> <laughs> so yeah my weeks uh, were pretty exciting. oh yeah biden With, hasn't uh, been wasting any time but no he's signing away uh so what have you been watching tyler uh well usually i tell you cnn but lately mlb network watching this nolan arenado shit man i'm fucking jacked up about it uh but other than that I told you, I think, believe the last time we talked, uh, that I was trying to dig through some Tarantino movies I hadn't seen. And I, I think we talked about Pulp Fiction, but I got to two more. I watched uh, Reservoir Dogs. Have you seen this one? I have never seen Reservoir Dogs. Very good movie. Um, it's basically centered around a heist that goes wrong and kind of the... Uh, what happens after this heist does go wrong? You know, people kind of scatter in different directions and it's kind of, it's not like uh, a linear story, kind of like Pulp Fiction, how it's kind of cut up and the timeline's a little weird. Uh, Reservoir Dogs is kind of the same way. Um, I, I, I really liked it, um, but I don't really like the ending very much. It seems like it just ended. And I mean, that was it because during the movie, they'll kind of cut back to what happened during the heist and I was hoping at the end of the movie they would show us the whole heist, but they never did because I thought that would have been cool. But the guy who's been getting me to watch these movies, he was saying this was Tarantino's first movie and didn't have a whole lot of money. But after this movie came out and people saw that it was that good, that he that people started giving him more money for his movies. I don't know how accurate that is because I haven't really – I'm not a big Tarantino researcher or anything. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned Quentin Tarantino because I got a uh, cool little trivia for tonight's movie. My buddy Valentine, Quentin Tarantino, has gone on to say it's his favorite slasher movie. Okay, I know. Wasn't he talking about doing a Halloween movie at one point, too? Or a Friday the 13th movie? One of them, too. I would love to see Quentin Tarantino's take on Jason or Michael Myers. Well, one thing I do know about Tarantino is he likes dumbass horror movies that we like. You know, like you're saying, My Bloody Valentine. and He likes some of the lesser known ones. and I, I'm pretty sure he's a Friday the 13th thing, too. Well, if that's but, the case, they need to give him the they need to give him the rights to remake Maniac Cop. Uh, Maniac Cop was supposed to be a TV series. Yeah, I don't think that would work very well. Well, it was it was greenlit and everything. The the Rona kind of put a halt on it, and I'm not sure what's going on with that. I think it was going to be on Showtime. Yeah, I'm just not sure how that would work as a TV as a TV show. Like I don't in, know. I'd in, watch in the fuck out of it. Well, I would too, but I mean, just in today's uh, climate, like because of oh, all the protests we had, a, and they canceled around a, beating the shit out of people and murdering. <laughs> yeah, like because they. Because they canceled a bunch of different police shows. Uh, yeah, last Live PD. <laughs> and Cops, Live PD I got, <laughs> Cops was canceled. Live PD was canceled. And a lot of the shows that I like, like Blue Bloods and NCIS, they've had to... They've had to kind of, like, incorporate 
the protests and police brutality into no, the... No, they don't have to do shit. Well, they, they have. Be, they just want to be fucking PC. That's all they want to do. But you're never... <laughs> they're never going to get rid of all cop shows. That's the only thing on network TV. Chicago Fire, Chicago Medic, Chicago Police, Law and Order SBU, Law and Order STD. I mean, Jesus Christ, it never fucking is. <laughs> okay, so uh, now Tarantino. Uh, didn't one of Tarantino's movies have uh, Robert Downey Jr. in it? Uh, f- fuck, I don't know. I'm sure one of them did at some point. Like I said, I haven't seen all of them. That's kind of why I'm <clears throat> doing well, you, this one. One, I'm being so, pressured into it by a co-worker, but two, I'm generally curious because I do like Tarantino movies that I've seen. Okay, so you got Reservoir Dogs, and what's the other one? Uh, Django. Django Unchained. It's on Netflix, if you have Netflix and you want to watch it. I do um, have Netflix. I just don't have the money to pay my bill. Oh, God damn <laughs> so every time they're, they're I raising it again. Are they really? To what? Fuck yeah, I think it's like it was like fifteen ninety nine or some shit. Now it's like seventeen ninety nine. And, and the message they sent is, "This is so we can keep bringing you the high quality content that you deserve, and we'll be putting." It's like, how about we don't give a fucking TV show or a movie to everybody? How about we don't pay Adam Sandler a hundred million dollars for fucking Hubie Halloween and whatever fucking garbage he's going to put out? What high quality content? Last time I got on fucking. Netflix and look, it's all like a bunch of like B B level tier titles and documentaries and stuff that most people probably never even heard of. And exact's my point exactly. Let's not give Adam Sandler hundreds of million dollars to make shitty movies and maybe we won't have to raise our price. Don't give if me and Cordell come to you and tell you about a TV show we want to make, probably shouldn't give us the money because nobody's gonna watch it and it's probably not gonna be any good. So, yeah, they could probably stop raising their prices if uh, yeah, they knocked that shit off. But as for Django, it's really good. I, I really liked it. I'm not usually really a Western guy, but uh, if anybody's ever played Red Dead Redemption 2, that's kind of what Django reminds me of. I have and that it, game. You never played Red Dead 2? I have it. I played a little bit of the story mission, but I haven't gotten very far in it. Oh, my God. That's all I did for like four months. Like, I I need to re-download it and stop playing it again. It's just, it's such a huge fucking game. Oh, it's great. I fucking love, I love it, dude. I 100% of that game. And it takes a pretty good game to keep me interested that long. Because there's missions where you have to go around and shoot specific types of birds, pick specific types of flowers. What game system do you have? Uh, I have a PS4. Oh, shit. I'll have to send you my username. I, uh, well, my PS4... It was being such a fucking bitch uh, the past few months. It wouldn't turn on. I'd have to unplug the cable, plug it back in, wait, hit the button, it'd fire up, shut off, unplug it, plug it back in, hit the button. I'd do that sometimes for an hour, and finally, it would stay on. So I, I wasn't playing anything here lately, so I just put my PS4 away because I was tired of fucking with it. So I actually have one of my kids' PlayStation 3s up in my living room, and that's what I... Um, watch Blu-rays on for right now until I'd like to get a hold of the PS5, but apparently that's impossible because the scalpers have all of them, and I'm not giving them cocksuckers $1,000 for your PS5. Who has all of them? The scalpers. <clears throat> they fucking get on these websites, and they buy all of them. And then they fucking hoard them, and nobody can find PS5s anywhere. If you want one, you got to get on fucking eBay or Amazon, and they'll charge you like $1,000 for them, the markup. Oh, yeah, I know exactly what uh, 
I know exactly that, what you mean with that. That happens like every generation, the cycle, like console wise, but it seems like it's lasting a long time. I figured after Christmas and by the end of January, shit would probably calm down. You could probably go get a PS5 if you want one, but I still get on walmart.com, bestbuy.com. I can't find one anywhere. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Cause uh, Scream Factory started uh, shipping out those Harry Warden figures that were we pre-ordered. Yeah, I was gonna talk to you about that. And well, we can get to it in a little bit, but I went on eBay because people were starting to post pictures of uh, getting them. So I went on eBay and looked it up, just you know, to kind of see if people would if there were any of those people on there. Mm-hmm. I paid forty bucks for my figure. That was the going price on ShoutFactory.com. Someone had theirs listed on eBay for like $100, $200. I'd pay 100 for it because I missed out. I got on Screen Factory's website the other day, um, and they were sold out of the, the Harry Warden uh, figure. I mean, if you have the money and you're willing to pay that, I guess. But, I mean, just to, to jump from 40 to 100 oh that's what they do people like to buy all these anytime a company sets a number on how many they're going to produce you're going to have these dickheads come out of the woodwork and try to get as many as they can because they know they're not going to make anymore and they can charge whatever they want i think i think the halloween blu-ray set that they put out a couple years ago is a scalper's fucking paradise right now i think if you want that you got to pay out the ass for it i don't think they ever set a limit on the friday the 13th box set so i think you can still get those for you know what it was priced regularly. Um, somebody in one of my J in one of the Jason groups on Facebook the other day posted this, uh, a picture of his dick. It was a picture of a bust. One yeah. of those little like busts that, uh, they made like back in like, uh, like mid two thousands. Okay. And it was, it was from Jason lit. It was, uh, the J it was CJ Graham's Jason. And it was the bust was Jason with his handle with his he was in a cemetery, and on the gravestone it says Jason lives. He's got his hand in the air holding the uh, his spear, and uh, you can take the mask off and show his face. Oh, that's cool. He's always wanted. That's my favorite Jason movie. I go on eBay the other day to look it up. Those things are going between four hundred and seven hundred dollars, and I was like. Bad. I was like, no. <laughs> well, talking about Harry Warden <laughs> and how he sold out, I, I told you getting these shelving just to kind of consolidate all my bullshit. And I don't really take stuff out of boxes. I don't know. I'm kind of weird like that. But to kind of save space, I ended up opening these four Ghostbusters figures I have and just setting them on the shelves and getting rid of the boxes. And I was thinking about, I was like, should I open up these NECA figures? I'm like, I don't know. I was like, if I'm going to open any of them, I'd probably open up the Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 one because I don't think that's going to be a collectible anytime soon because I think that came out on the Spring Factory website like two years ago and you can still buy <laughs> a fucking uh, a Ricky <laughs> action figure. I must be like one of three people that were dumb enough to buy one. So, yeah. So, okay. So, oh, but anyways, Django. There's a fucking, there's an amazing scene, uh, kind of towards the end of the movie, where there's a, a shootout at uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's house, and it's fucking epic with blood, man. It was fucking tits. Um, let's see. Is that all I watched? Oh, no, one more, Cordell. I got one more for you. 
and I'm sticking with the highfalutin movies. I watched Goodfellas for the first time. You ever seen that? Uh, no. Okay. It's I, good. I've, heard, I've heard of it, though. Yeah, it's good. I, I didn't realize it was uh, kind of a true story. <clears throat> Henry, oh, what the fuck is his name? Like Henry Hill or some shit was who Ray Liotta played in the movie. And uh, he, he's basically joining the mob when he was real young, kind of works his way up through the ranks. And uh, there, <laughs> there's one funny scene where he's like raking in all this money, you know, and he's getting ready to take off to go do his mob business. And he hands his wife like a stack full of cash and she starts to go down on her knees. And I told my wife, I was like, oh, look at that. She's nice enough to tie his shoes for she leaves the house before he leaves the house. <laughs> and so, but, you know, she was going to blow. Him, right, Cordell? You following me? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Okay, you. so now I keep telling my wife uh, I could use my shoes tied right about now. Oh, so my the, God. <laughs> that's the running joke around here. <laughs> but um, uh, in the movie, that Joe Pesci's character shoots like this bar, uh, oh, bartender. Oh, Joe Pesci. Oh, he's, he's the main reason I watched it. I want to see some fucking Joe Pesci. But he shoots this bartender in the foot. And so the the guys, like, get him out of there, you know. They take him to a doctor or whatever. He comes back, and he's talking shit to Joe Pesci still. So Joe Pesci, like, fucking unloads on him. They're like, oh, my God, you killed him. And Joe Pesci's like, what do you want from me? It's not my fault I'm a good fucking shot. (laughs) It was awesome. But the bartender he killed in the movie, his name's Spider. Well, I told you last time we recorded Cordell that I've been listening to a lot of Howard Stern. And they have this thing going on right now called Fight Week, where they play, you know, epic fights that have taken place on the phone. And I guess uh, the character that Ray Liotta plays in the movie, he was on the phone on the Howard Stern show. And then the, the kid who got shot in the movie, who's a real person, Spider, his sister calls in talking to him about where they buried her brother's body. Because that fucking guy Ray Liotta plays in the movie is a real person. And he did roll over on the mob and he was in hiding the witness protection shit. But I guess that guy like came out, stopped giving a fuck, and they never got him or anything. He lived a natural life. They died of natural causes. He lived his whole fucking life. It's kind of a weird story. Hmm. I'm not. I'm not good at explaining these movies anymore. I fucking killed all my brain cells with alcohol, but that's the best I can do. <laughs> watch, watch, good fellas. It's good. I promise. I think my next one. I'm going to go try to get uh, Joe Pesci Wise's Casino. Uh, see, the only thing I really know Pesci from is, of course, the Lethal Weapon films. Oh, of course. Or, oh, no. Oh, wait, I, forget, I keep forgetting. He was, uh, he also was in the first two Home Alone movies. Yes. Yeah. I fucking oh. love him in those movies. Yeah. No, he's fucking great. Love him. Yeah, and I, I just like it when he gets going, you know, that little fucking mouth of his just keeps yapping and yapping and yapping. They it cracks me you up. in the hospital. <laughs> exactly. They drug you, then they fuck you. And when they're done fucking you, then comes the insurance companies and fucks you some more. Yeah. My, one of my favorites is when, when he pulls up to Mel Gibson and Danny Glover and Lethal Weapon 4 and Chris Rock's in the backseat. And he's like, who's the perp? He's like, perp, <laughs> here's a badge. Here's a gun. <laughs> it's fucking, It's fucking great. I was like, hey, hey, German Jews didn't have it any easier when we were kids, so I'm just fucking with you, pal. <laughs> exactly. He's fucking, he's fantastic. You're a fucking leprechaun. I didn't call you naked. <laughs> Fuck face, don't get me going. <laughs> I love when he's introduced in the first, in the second movie, and his nose is bleeding after that whole scene at the hotel, 
And he's like, can I please get some cotton balls for my nose? <laughs> Will you please shut the fuck up? <laughs> You're going to make me want to go watch Lethal Weapon now. I know. I already want to watch it. Uh, but that's it for me, I believe. Can't remember anything else if I had been watching something. All right. So I've uh, been kind of like on... Because I can't access my Netflix right now, uh, my friend let me use is using is my friend has let me use their Hulu and their Amazon Prime. Okay. So uh, I was on Amazon Prime the other day, and I love true crime. Like I love true crime documentaries. And for the past couple months, I've really kind of been on like a high for like for like Jack the Ripper. Yeah. I I know it's you know it's kind of a it's a and the case is like 150 years old, so it's like really. Like, well, you you remember last time I told you I'm really not into Jack the Ripper, and I think it's because there's just no chance of it ever being solved. Um, yeah, but I just don't feel like the Zodiac will ever be solved either. I mean, they have suspects, but like they can, they'll never really be able to like point to it and be like that was him. I don't know. I think if they use some of that touch, be it well, you know what? That was the 60s, early 70s. I wonder if they even saved. That shit, and if they did save it, I wondered if they'd be able to use that touch DNA shit where they run that vacuum over the clothing and pull DNA off of it, or if it'd be so degraded by that point, it'd be worthless. So, I was on uh, Amazon Prime, watched, uh, uh, I think it was like a mid-2000s documentary on Jack the Ripper. It was, uh, they tried to use like modern-day technology and like cgi to recreate the murders and that they had like recreations being actors it was actually a pretty good uh and i liked it because they showed like actual crime scene footage uh like shots of it like uh the fifth and final victim uh that is believed to have belonged to jack the ripper mary jane kelly she was killed in her flat uh in Whitechapel, and he did a real big fucking number on her. She was so badly mutilated, her face was all carved up, that she could only be identified by her earlobes. Fantastic. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You know what? I actually heard some shit about Jack the Ripper not too long ago. I've been fucking around with it. You know what Audible is? Uh, yeah. Yeah, just audiobooks. Uh, I downloaded John Douglas's The Cases That Haunt Us, and basically I was wanting to hear, I knew there was a part about the Zodiac in there, and I really wanted to hear the part about John Benet Ramsey, but like one of the first chapters kicks off, and it's like Jack the Ripper, and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so I listened to like two hours about him talking about the Jack the Ripper case. Um, let's see, I also had watched... After last time when we were talking about Eddie Murphy, I was went back and I watched uh I watched the first two Beverly Hills Cop movies. Yes, my kids love those. I got those on Blu-ray downstairs. Um I will never not quit loving that film. Does um, three does three hold up at all? Is it is it bad? I remember one and two, but I don't remember much about three. Uh I remember three it involved uh it involved him going to a amusement park. Uh-huh. Uh, Taggart was no longer... Like, the guy that played Taggart didn't come back, so they just kind of wrote him off. Uh, to me, 
I, I would say uh, number two is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, number two is I, where... Isn't number two where he... Com- sorry. <laughs> is number two where he commandeers the mansion? Yeah, and he's like... Yeah. He's like in the pool, and he's like... The guys are like telling him, he's like... You, it's like bullshit. You've stolen this house. How the right. fuck can you steal a house? <laughs> yes. Uh, I always loved it when he went to the gun. When he went to the, uh, he went to the gun club, and he talks to that uh, chick that's part of the bad guys. He's like, God damn, that's a big bitch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ivan Drago's wife from Rocky Four. That's who that was. Pretty sure. Holy shit, she is. A yeah, sliced alone. She was in when she in Cobra too. Um, Cobra. She might have been. I haven't seen Cobra in a long time. I, god damn, the last time I saw Cobra, I had to sneak it upstairs when I was living with my mom. Yeah. Yeah, um, Bridget Bridget Nielsen. I was listening to last podcast, uh, last podcast on the left the other day, and they just did a two-part uh, series on mass murderer John List. Well, family annihilator John List, anyways. And uh, I, I uh, so I was looking him up, and they uh, said that the movie The Stepfather was based on him. You think so? So I went back and I watched uh I watched the remake of the stepfather. What the fuck did you do that for? I know, I know. I, I well this is the one that I saw in theaters with my dad. Is this Amber Heard? And, who's the uh, who, who's the hot daughter in that? Yeah, it's Amber Heard. Yeah. It had it has Dylan Walsh, Amber Hoods in it. You know what's funny? It's like Hashtag fuck Amber Hood. <laughs> well, that's what I was about to say. Everybody thought Johnny Depp was beating her. Turns out she was the crazy one. Pictures hey, of her tits on the internet if you want to see them. Hey, I'd still fuck her, but that doesn't mean I have to like her. That's true. Did you hear what I said? Oh, yeah. Okay. Send me that link. <laughs> you have to talk to Ballsack about porno <laughs> links. <laughs> um, yeah, I went back and watched the 2009 remake of The Stepfather. Not a good movie. No, watch the one and two. Not like... I, I've never Ter- seen the original, so I don't know if it's like a shot-for-shot remake. No, Terry O'Quinn's but, Stepfather and Part 2, they're both fucking amazing. I'm recommending these two movies to you in the same way I would recommend Maniac Cop 1, 2, and 3 to you. Oh, you did, and I watched those, and those were pretty fucking good. Trust me, the Stepfather 1 and 2, they're both kick-ass. I'll definitely uh, have to check out the originals then. But yeah, uh, the remake, the 2009 remake, not that good. It, it was the movie was just slow for me. Like, it's not. No, the best parts about the movie I, are her walking through the house in her swimsuit. Yeah, that wasn't even that fun though. <laughs> it, the movie was just slow. That's the only. That's how I like. I like a movie that's like not too fast, but not too slow. Like it has a decent pace. Yeah, like Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yes. <laughs> I watched um, the other oh, day. But, I, before I what, forget, Cordell, ahead. I'll give you a good true crime documentary recommend on Amazon Prime. Which one? Uh, uh, there's something wrong with Aunt Diane. 
Uh, what's that one about? Uh, the these these <clears throat> this, these families go vacationing together, and then on the way home, like some of the other family members' kids ride with Diane, and they start making phone calls, like saying that Diane's like driving erratically, and there's just something fucked up about her, and it kind of concludes with that van that all the kids were in and her having a head-on collision because they were driving the wrong way on the interstate. But I guess this bitch was driving just up and down streets like a maniac, and they can't really figure out what happened to her because she was normal whenever they last, last saw her. They don't know if, like, she was drinking in the car or basically what happened to her. So it's called Something's Wrong with Aunt Diane. It's pretty interesting. I will – hold on. Let me get a – let me just write that down here. <laughs> Let me pull up my prime. Make sure it's still on there. I'm just going to write down Aunt Diane. And yeah, I'll, that's all you need. I'll to type just remember it. that. Um, so I, I also just recently we watched Silence of the Lambs because they announced that new show Clarice that's about to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, not sure how I'll be able to watch the show, but I just thought it would. The only thing I'm kind of upset about is they already announced that Hannibal Lecter will not be making an appearance in the show. Yeah, I don't so, really give a shit about it. After after Silence of the Lambs and then Hannibal, I really don't give a shit about the Hannibal Lecter character. Would you? Would I mean? Would you like sit there and say if you like Hannibal Lecter, all you have to watch is those two and you're good? Mm, to me, yes, but I haven't seen the earlier ones because wasn't there one like from the eighties too? Uh, yeah, man, there was man something Manhunter. Man, Manhunter. Uh. Uh, I think I fucked you, Cordell. There's something wrong with Aunt Diane. Says it's an HBO thing on here. It doesn't say it's included with Prime. That oh, sucks. Fuck. Oh well. Um, Science of the Lambs. You know, I went back and we watched that. Uh, it's not because, like I said, normally my type of horror is like the slasher movies. It's really the kind of the only horror that I like. But uh, Science of the Silence of the Lambs is an exception because it's like. It's kind of like that, uh, like mystery, like it's it's, it's, a, it's, like, it's it's a thriller. I call them movies like Silence of the Lambs and Seven. I call them movies like thrillers. I don't really call them horror. But I, uh, I just like it. I just like everything about that movie. Like you know that the other day, like a couple of my uh, friends and I were playing a video game, and I was down in a hole in the game. And one of them looked down at me and says, hey, Cordell, it puts the lotion on the skin. That's right. Or else it, it gets the hose again. It, it's just an iconic film. Anthony Hopkins, you know, he's such a he's such a good, you know, he is Hannibal Lecter to me. Well, let me ask you a question. How often do you tuck your dick and balls between your legs and dance in front of a mirror? Not very often. Mm, I can't. Okay. I honestly can't tell you I've ever done it once. Well, you're missing out, buddy. Oh, you have multiple times <laughs> in my younger I, days. I'm just so trying to more. picture your wife coming home and walking in on that, and then just like instantly going to the kitchen and grabbing a beer. That's just everyday activity around here. I don't think she'd be <laughs> disturbed by it at all. But uh, I think that's about it that I'll say that I've been watching. I I did watch the the newest. Uh, I know last time on the show I said I watched WandaVision and I was kind of disappointed with it. Uh, 
but I did watch the fourth episode that they dropped on Disney Plus, and now it's starting to go somewhere. It, it's kind of like I thought it was just going to be kind of like a slow burn, but the show's starting to pick up. So, kind of interesting yeah. to see where that goes. I remember you talking about Disney Plus, and then a few days ago I saw a commercial for it. I'm just thinking, I will never buy the subscription to this. Why the fuck would I want to watch a bunch of stupid-ass Disney movies where there's no fucking, there's no cussing, there's no nudity, there's nothing cool going on. And then if you have a movie where they showed, like, an ass that came out in the 80s that Disney owns now, they, like, blur it out and stuff. So fuck that. Oh, Disney Plus, they, uh, if you were, if you make a... If you make a, an account for your child for Disney Plus and you list their ages under the age of seven years old, they'll never uh, the, those kids cannot access the movies Peter Pan or uh, Dumbo. <laughs> Fucking retarded! I hate the, Disney. <laughs> it's it's dumb. Like you know you can't you can't. It's like trying to put it's it's like trying to put you know water on a fucking burning oil you know it's not gonna put it out like that's why I'm you, still, you can't cover up the shit that already happened that's why i'm still a physical media guy because you know all these fucking streaming services get a hold of these movies and what if they say that something that happened in beverly hills cop 2 or something is racist now and now they, they can't show it anymore and they get rid of it well i still have a copy of it so i'll watch it whenever the fuck i want or they get the, the thing that spielberg does where he edits out the guns out of the soldiers' hands and replaces them with walkie-talkies. You know what I mean? Just fucking, it's always good to have physical media, because who knows what these streaming services, they're going to take these fucking movies, and if they decide one day, hey, we're going to change this around, or uh, hey, we're not showing this anymore, you know, at least you have your fucking copy of it. All right, but I think that is it for uh, what have you been watching, so... I'm going to add a new little thing to the show. Um, got some fucked up funny at, uh, news stories. And I actually got a couple of actual news stories. Uh, do you have anything that you'd like to share first, Tyler? Apparently my favorite horror website is no longer around. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> Press F on the keyboard to pay respects. <laughs> no, the, the, on the old show. I always use the same website for all the horror news. I'd always say my favorite horror website, horror-movies.ca. I haven't checked on them in a while, and I guess nobody else did either, because it's not there anymore. So, this first story uh, actually occurred in January of last month. Okay, so we're doing the wacky ones first, huh? Yes. Okay. Um, Human Foot in Gateshead Field, which is in the U.K., Human foot in Gates Head Field turns out to be a potato. Mm. This is the one I was telling you that I thought you might actually like. Okay, so uh, a human head found turned out to be a potato. A hu- it was. So a dog walker in Gates Head sent officers a photograph of what appeared to be a, a toe poking out of the soil. Oh. But, af- but after carrying out the search in the dark with specialist dogs, Officers discovered it was a potato with a mushroom growing next to it. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Do they eat the mushrooms? (laughs) I don't know. It says here, police praised the woman for her vigilance and said the call had been made in good faith. Hmm. 
Northumbria police said the photograph sent on Tuesday when the woman had returned home from a walk in the Windleton era area did show what appeared to be a human foot. Inspector Phil Mc, Phil McCrotch. I don't know how you pronounce this Hamlani said the person who called this was very concerned and in the picture she sent to us the object did look like it could be human remains. It was already dark by the time we got a call, so we had to deploy search teams to track down the scene to rule out any foul play. The, the search team did have a chuckle when they realized it was a potato, but the call was made in good faith and we can only praise the vigilance of the woman who made the call. Hmm. He urged anyone who finds themselves in a similar situation to call the police. If it does turn out to be a vegetable, our police dogs will thank you for the treat. Uh, Sounds like this nosy bitch needs to mind her own business. Oh, uh, I just like I love that. That was the that was the uh, news story that I actually got off of last podcast. Like, oh, okay, they I looked this up and read it myself, and I started losing my shit. Like, cause you know, I mean, it's good that she called the police and like was concerned that it could have been a like a human body. How, but the so fact that it turned out to, t- you said she took a picture of it. Yeah, she was walking her dog. She yeah, stumbles no, across what she thinks is a toe. Right, I was just saying if she took a picture. picture. Right, how close do you think she was when she took the picture? She couldn't tell it was a fucking potato with a mushroom growing <laughs> out of it. Fucking stupid bitch. Where'd this happen? Down in fucking Mississippi or fucking Bama? You know what I mean? Where the fucking slack jawed yokels live? And this is coming from a guy who has chew in his mouth right now. You people are fucking hillbillies. I think it's kind of funny that it, that it happened in the UK because they because like oh, last okay. uh, last month they dropped that uh, Netflix documentary on Peter Sutcliffe. I was gonna say it sounds like this bitch watches way too much true crime like us, and her first <laughs> thought isn't, "Oh, that's got to be a, a vegetable growing out of the ground." It's like, no, there is a corpse buried there, and the toe is sticking out of the ground. Um, the next uh. The next story I have for you comes from the BBC News. What's BBC mean? Um, British Broadcasting. Two uh, of the news it, things I have is uh, UK. I thought it meant Big Black Cock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, then it, that would be the BBBBBC. Big Black British Cock. <laughs> Big Black British Cock. I like it. China promotes educational drive to make boys more manly. Okay. (laughs) For a while, China's government has signaled concern that the country's most popular male role models are no longer strong, athletic, like army hero figures. Even President Jinping, a well-known... Yeah. He's saying the, the, the kids of China are too sensitive these days, but he can't be called Winnie the Pooh because he's a little bitch about it. <laughs> Sounds like he needs to man up. The president, a well-known football enthusiast, has long been seeking to cultivate better sports stars. Wait, good football or pussy football? I does not say. Okay. So last week, the education ministry issued a notice with a title that left no doubt about its ultimate goal. Just wait till you hear this. Well, my little, my, my youngest boy wanted to play soccer. I thought like no son of mine's playing that pussy shit. There's a really, really funny like little undertitle here. It says, 
A notice from China's education ministry has caused a stir after it suggested young Chinese men have become too feminine. Hmm. So you want to hear the uh, note, the name of the notice that the Chinese education ministry uh, well, posted I th- last week? I think China's got bigger problems. Like maybe stop spreading viruses that shut down the whole fucking world for two years. Maybe the start there before we worry about how feminine our children are. <laughs> so the name of this proposal is the proposal to prevent the feminization of male adolescents called on schools to fully reform their offerings on physical education and strengthen their recruitment to teachers. So basically what's going on here uh, is that China is looking at their men and saying that they no longer look like military heroes. Okay. Well, so, Chinese people are only like five feet tall, aren't they? I never, <laughs> I've never been to China. I wouldn't know, but I just cannot. I'm just kind of laughing. my new my my newest stepmom from China. Oh, yeah, I've had a lot of stepmoms. <laughs> <laughs> so it got so bad, my dad had to go to China to find a new one. Last May, a delegate of China's top advisory body, C. Zefu, said that many of China's young males have become weak, timid, and self-abashing. Sifu said that the home environment is partly to blame, with most Chinese boys being raised by their mothers and grandmothers. He also noted that the growing appeal of certain male celebrities meant that children did not want to become army heroes anymore. Who the fuck does? So, basically, China's concern is that they don't have enough bodies to sacrifice for their military. Right. They're a bunch of pussies, and nobody over here wants to fight because we're all a bunch of fat pieces of shit who don't want to get off the couch. Uh, I, I'm just, I, I just, like, I found that last night, and I was just thinking to myself, I was like, all those people that saying that China could not beat us at war, well, apparently China agrees. Yeah. But I don't know, man. We're, <laughs> I don't know if we could come together to do anything at this point. So they might have a chance. <laughs> I have three more stories. Let me get no, to one of the. Cut, you got. I don't know if we should do three. Why don't you do like, or oh, would that be five altogether? Okay, then I'll just uh, pick 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 the best one you got out of those three. Well, okay. So the last two were funny news stories. The okay. third. I'll, I'll read them to you and let let uh, yeah. Let I think I used to do this to Bosak every once in a while. Um, I used to give him headlines and he'd get to pick. Yeah, give me some headlines. Um, so I'll give you the two names of the two actual new horror news headlines. Halloween oh, kill. Oh, okay. I got you. I, I thought you meant you had like three more funny news stories. If you just have one more, then we can do the news. That's fine. Okay. Well, let me just read that last funny news story. Okay. And then we'll Hit me with it. it. Colorado woman spends $10,000 to save her beloved pet chicken's life. Oh, my God. For real. <laughs> See, if you even if you would have presented Halloween Kills news or this, I would have picked this because I need to know the story behind this. <laughs> oh, boy. Sometimes a person's love for their pet can overcome any obstacle or financial hurdle. For Saletta Noth Nigel. I'm not even sure. No, what kind get of to the chicken, Cordell. Doesn't even matter. <laughs> Her two-year-old chicken named Blue is invaluable. 
Okay. Your reaction to this is to what I thought your reaction well, was I mean, to the potato. No, no, this is better. This is much better. <laughs> it keeps getting better. She not only feeds it human food, but she lets it sleep by her side. Now she has spent 10K on heart surgery and other procedures to save its life. Holy shit. According to Yahoo, Saletta fell head over heels when she spotted Blue at a local feed store and bought it for $12. <laughs> From that day forward, her luck... By the way, this story came out in January 21st. So this is, it is a good recent. looking... Is there, is, is there a picture of the chicken? Um, The chicken's kind of like black and white. Okay. But his so, name's Blue. Yes. <laughs> From that day forward, her love for the bird has never wavered. Unlike other chicken owners, she treats the animal with the tender care usually reserved for human beings. Uh-huh. Salida routinely dresses Blue up in a hot embroidered dress match in a matching Done Blue was like Joanne Fabric and Home Depot together. She wow. even feeds Blue foods like strawberries, cheese, watermelon, and occasionally Pop-Tart crust. Well, maybe she shouldn't be giving Blue cheese and he wouldn't have heart failure. <laughs> <laughs> She's awesome, Saletta said. She really enjoys being held. She would just lay in my lap and close her eyes and stop purring and just kind of melt. I don't think, I don't think chickens purr. Uh, I guess if you jam a finger up their ass, they'll probably do about anything. In March 2020, however, Blue suddenly fell seriously ill. Her owner's concerns began when Blue started growing ornery and hesitant to cuddle. The bird started sleeping more than usual, and its breathing began to sound strained. She couldn't breathe, and it was starting to scare me. Salito's experience as a form- former veterinary tech made her feel the worst. She thus paid for x-rays, blood tests, ultrasounds, and echocardiograms in order to figure out what was wrong. Ultimately, tests performed in October confirmed that Blue had a congenial heart defect. The chicken was (laughs) suffering from patent the chicken was suffering from patent ductus arterius. Oh, yes. That's what killed my mom. Which highly impedes are you serious? No, my mom's alive. Oh, God, I was about to be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> she died of a chicken heart attack. <laughs> Which highly impedes heart development and the health of surrounding blood vessels. The veterinary specialist also found that two major blood vessels leading to the animal's heart never properly closed. In all, Blue would need highly expensive surgery in order to survive. Jesus. Blue's maladies were not unlike those that can be found in both children and standard pets like dogs and cats, but doctors had never actually repaired this issue in a chicken. Do we know how old Blue was at the time of this heart condition? I believe she's about a year old. Okay. Two years old. Because I googled how long do chickens live. Do you know, Cordell? How long? Five to ten years. That's not bad for a chicken. Is it $10,000 heart heart surgery <laughs> worth? I mean, you're, you're going to get like what? Six more years out of this chicken. I, I mean, you might as well have just taken the chicken, ended it, and just like put it in the deep fryer. I, that's what I was about to say. If my fucking <laughs> chicken has a heart attack, it's not going to the vet. It's going to the deep fryer. You know how long horses live? Uh, how long? Twenty-five to thirty years. God damn. Well, this is funny here. Uh, 
the dying do do chickens grieve the dead and it says a grieving hen avoids interacting with the flock and sits in a corner with puffed up feathers like a chicken that feels ill some mourn only temporarily but others never seem to recover from the loss of a flock mate see i was thinking about this because where i work sometimes we go through amish country and there's a lot of horses out there and i was wondering you know like if you walked out to the middle of a pasture and there was a mom horse a dad horse and a baby horse just standing there and i put a shotgun up to the baby horse's face and blew its fucking brains out what do you think the other two horses would do do you uh, think would they run would they even know would they grieve or would they just move on with life like nothing happens if you did that shit to a dog <laughs> <laughs> fucking traumatize the shit out of it but horses i don't think they have souls <laughs> oh i think horses have souls I, my mom had a couple horses and i had have you ever tried to pony when i was a kid well one? no because i loved my horses <laughs> <laughs> okay but hold on it gets so better it gets okay. so better the experimental surgery would cost uh, would cost Blue's owner $4,000 to try, but she was ready to do whatever it took. Blue is my soulmate. I told my husband, if Blue doesn't make it, you might as well dig a hole big enough for, to put both of us in. Oh, I wow. just don't know if I can handle life without her. She's just the coolest bird. Finally, I believe I would have I put her in the ground. The bitch is crazy. She's lost her mind. Finally, the surgery took place on November 10th because chickens don't have an autonomy suited for traditional open-heart surgery. Veterinary cardiologist Brian Scanson and his team were forced to place a catheter through Blue's neck to get to her heart. We got right where we needed to be pretty quick. She was not terribly stable, but her heart rate was erratic. Her blood pressure fell. It was touch and go for a time. Wow, how do you take a chicken's blood pressure? The doctors were able to right the ship, and the procedure only lasted 30 minutes. Within 12 hours, Blue was showing signs of making full, recover- full recovery. Suddenly, the brave little bird began eating, walking, and generally behaving as it used to. Unfortunately, there was a hefty bill to pay. Between the operation itself and the numerous other appointments, the total cost of saving the bird's life was around $10,000. Furthermore, so. I'm I forgot the bitch's name, but I'm just gonna say her pet Karen. insurance. Yeah, we'll call it Karen. Karen's pet insurance didn't cover an estimated didn't cover an estimated <clears throat> seventy five hundred dollars of the cost because of the congenial heart defect was a pre existing condition. <laughs> Ultimately, none of that mattered to Karen. <laughs> That's stupid. You it's know, what'd be great, Cordell, is if they fix right. this chicken up. And she was carrying it outside, and it got out of her arms and got hit by a semi-truck. <laughs> oh, my God. Hold on. I've got the best. This ends on the best note ever. It's, it's a lot of money, she said, but you do it for your kids. You do it for your dog. You wouldn't even bat an eye if I said I spent 10000 on my dog to have its heart repaired. But when you say it's a chicken, people say, oh, my God, you spent how much on a chicken? You could just put her in a crock pot and go get another. Fucking right. I totally do it again, Karen said. You want the best for your pet. She's family. That that bitch needs help. My dog broke his dick a few years back, and I spent $300 on that. And I thought that was too much. I mean, 
I love animals, but like ten grand on a chicken, ten right. grand, I could I could probably be living in a in a little house right now. I love dogs and cats, but a fucking chicken. They taste yeah. really good with barbecue sauce. Deep fried. Okay, so now that we have our funny news out of the day, let's get to our more serious horror news. Okay. This first one is uh, pertains to the upcoming Halloween sequel. Fucking jacked. John Carpenter calls Halloween Kills the ultimate slasher. Michael Myers returned in a big way in David Gordon Green's Halloween and was soon announced that the film would be followed by two sequels, Halloween Kills and Ends. COVID-19 has delayed the release of the first sequel, but that's only given those behind the film much more time to build the hype, and that includes franchise creator John Carpenter. While speaking with Entertainment Weekly about the release of his latest album, Lost Themes 3, Life After Death, Carpenter revealed that he's completed scoring Halloween Kills, but that he hasn't scored Halloween Ends yet as everything is still shut down. Did they film Halloween Ends already, do you know? Yes. Okay. Carpenter said that he hopes things get better soon before teasing his thoughts on the new sequel. It's brilliant. It's the ultimate slasher. I mean, there's nothing more than this one. Wow, man. I certainly like the sound of that. John Carpenter has previously teased that the film contains a massive amount of kills, so the ultimate slasher title feels appropriate. Uh, I was going to say, if it has kills in the title, I better have a high body count. Director David Gordon Green has said that the sequel is about the creation of fear, adding, It's one thing to be afraid of the boogeyman, to have someone who might be in the closet under the bed creeping around your house. But we wanted to explore next what, but what we wanted to explore next was confusion, misinformation, and paranoia. So basically the Trump presidency. Right. What happens when fear goes viral? You can't just stick your head under the covers anymore. Green also said that the sequel will be much more action-packed than its predecessor. When we made the when we made the last movie, we wanted to find a way for someone who's never seen the original to get up to speed. But with this one, but this one will get right to the action. It's very aggressive. It's more efficient. We wanted to be more. We wanted to be in a more explosive middle before things get streamlined and personal again. Halloween Kills is slated to hit theaters on October 15, 2021. Followed by Halloween ends on October 14th of 2022. Where do you think this is going, Cordell? How, what do you think this movie is going to do? Is it going to pick right up where we left off? Or are we taking a year off to the next Halloween? Or? Have you seen the teaser trailer that they I have? I have. I, I believe it's going. I believe it's going to be like a Halloween one two thing where it's going to pick up immediately right after the. And do you, uh, do, you do you think that ends will pick up right after kills and it'll be like one long fucking movie, three movies long? That'd be be pretty cool if that's what it was. It would be cool because then they could just because then some someone who's really skilled could just take all three movies and edit it together to be one big fucking movie. Well, I mean, if they do it like I was just saying, where they all pick up right where they left, I mean, it would be just one big movie, just like Halloween one and two, or one big movie. Unless you go on this new timeline, then two never existed. (laughs) Now, my question for you is, do you think this one's going to finally let Michael kill uh, Lois Strode, or do you think she's going to keep coming back? He already has, remember? Oh, he's killed... Yeah. (laughs) We don't don't talk about that fucking movie, though. (laughs) I know. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. 
going into Scream 4 <clears throat> with all the main characters still there, I thought it'd been cool if they went off them, but they, they never seemed to do it, so I doubt it. They they seem to have some type of feel like, you know, Scream 2, they got rid of uh, they Randy. got rid of Randy, which... Yeah, which they didn't because he's back in 3. Which I liked Randy. Well, in 3, he was just a pre-recorded videotape before yeah. he was killed. I know, but I think that was their... They, just they, to, that they was there just him. to kind they of make them they, happy. They shouldn't have killed him is probably what they were thinking. These are the rules of the trilogy. Um, I've seen Scream 4 once. Love Scream 4. So I had mixed feelings about it. So I'm kind of curious to see where 5 goes. They do supposedly have Courtney Cox. Yeah, they Cox got them all. coming back. I think Campbell's finally revealed she's coming made. back. I think they made it, didn't they? I think it's already done. You, see, I see. I don't know if it's actually been made yet. I haven't heard any more on it other than that the cast came back. But here's the funny thing. is Matthew Lillard, who played... Uh, what's his fucking name in the original? Uh, Stu. Yeah. He wanted to come... He wants to come back, too. He wants them to kind of retcon it to where Stu survived that TV falling on him, and he's just kind of, like, been in a coma or jail or whatever all this time. Which, I love Matthew Lillard, don't get me wrong. I love him and a lot of the stuff he's been in. I just... That was a big fucking TV that Sydney smashed on Stu's face. Uh... I'm kind of... I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. It, it would have made a lot... It would have made sense, because there was a rumor... That he was supposed to come back and scream too at one point, so I don't know. Well, how he was in the. I I don't I don't want the mental institution thing because it's clear that they've been dead this whole time. Well, he was in the. He was in like Matthew Lillard was in two, just not he was in the stoop. background. Yeah, he was just in the background somewhere. Which, I mean, could be like an evil doppelganger, <laughs> twin brother. But that we didn't know about. So, yeah, I don't know. The that's, other... the best, that's the best part about fucking Scream movies is the, the killer's reveal at the end. I love that shit. Which is your favorite Scream movie? Uh, probably the first one, and then four, and then two, and then three. See, I, I love think the, I, the... Love the, I, I love the Scream franchise. It's a good series. That's, it's one I'm definitely going to do on here at some point. I'm just not sure when. I'll probably do it around. I'll probably do the Scream series when the fifth movie comes out. Kind of like, kind of like do it in a batch and lead up to the release of the Scream Five. I would be more than happy to talk about Scream Five on here when it comes out. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the news that we got uh, for Halloween until October. Um, they've slowly been releasing like stills from the movie. Yeah, I'm trying and to it looks avoid fucking bat. It it looks bad. See, you avoid it. I actively look for it because that just builds the hype up for me. Well, <clears throat> a lot of these trailers give away too much cool shit like we talked about uh, on the first episode of the show. And the other news I have concern, concerns another beloved uh, slasher property. Friday the 13th is subject to yet another lawsuit. Yeah, it's going nowhere. <clears throat> It'll be years. 
The Friday the 13th film franchise, and this one actually comes from cinemablend.com. So they're they're normally pretty they're normally pretty good with keeping fans up to date on their favorite stuff. The Friday the Thirteenth franchise has scared and delighted fans for more than three decades. While not the most successful horror fa- series in Hollywood history, it is still the most memorable. It is also one of the, the one of the most litigated. And now, a new lawsuit filed by the original film's directors has added yet another layer of complication to the series' legacy. According to Hollywood Reporter, a lawsuit was filed by Friday the 13th producer and director Sean Cunningham and deals with, that deals with net profits from the franchise. He argues in his filing that the con- contingent compensation from the Friday the 13th films has been systematically misaccounted by Paramount and Warner Bros., and by Paramount Pictures and Warner Brothers Studios, the studios that have distributed them. Cunningham alleges that the studios have improperly dedicated fees and bonuses associated with Friday the 13th. He also asserts that they've underreported merchandise revenue and pay in TV income, which I don't know what pay TV income is unless that's like, is that like them just showing the movies on television? Uh, that or maybe Friday the 13th, the series. Yeah, but, like, nobody fucking even remembers that series, like... Yeah. And have undervalued the film's licenses. In addition, the lawsuit claims that both studios have redacted license agreements which have prevented Cunningham from getting a full grasp on what the financial state of the franchise is. The filings claims that, to date, the franchise has grossed $129 million. Which, if I, which is wrong because uh, Crystal Lake Memories, if I rem- if I remember that documentary, they said that combined all the movies have made over a billion. Mm, I don't know about that. As mentioned, this is not the first lawsuit that has been fought over Friday the Thirteenth. It might be a billion of- dollar franchise in terms of merchandising and <clears throat> Blu-ray sales and all that shit. And then it kind of goes into the lawsuit with Victor Miller. Uh, it mentions that Victor Miller won that lawsuit. But yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's it, going to be in hell for a while. I wouldn't even read all this bullshit. Who cares? They'll figure it out when they figure it out. It's really sad because... Um, you know, there's definitely like people in Hollywood who say they want to reboot Jason. They want to bring Jason back. They want to bring Jason back to the screen like they did Michael. Nobody, nobody cares about anything except for money. The only time you're going to get around that is maybe when it's like a first-time filmmaker who really doesn't give a shit about the business or money or anything, just wants to get his movie made. If they get into it far enough, all they care about is money too. So that's all it is, just money. Kind of sad, dude. Kind of, <laughs> I was, it's really sad. I worked with a guy one time, and he's like, "Is anything going to kill Michael Myers?" I was like, "Yeah, poor box office. That's about it." Oh God! But that's all the news stories I have. Okay. Do you have anything else? I got nothing for you. All right. Well then, I take. Let's uh, let's go ahead and let's get into uh, the spotlight of of tonight's movie. Which is Cordell's My Bloody Mom. Valentine. Oh, My Bloody Valentine. <laughs> um, 
yeah, let's talk about my mom, everybody. All right. Spotlight on her. <laughs> uh, no, my bloody Valentine. So I must not have pissed her off last episode because there was no Twitter mention at me. So I must <laughs> I must have behaved myself last time around. <laughs> okay, so my bloody Valentine was uh, was made in Canada. It was distributed right. by Paramount Pictures. Release right date. In the thick of it. Yep. Uh, release date February 11th of 1981. Uh, the movie is 93 minutes long. The budget on this movie was 2.3 million, and the box office with Paterne was 5.7 million. So it really kind of amazing what they did with 2.3 million dollars to me, anyways. I I think the box office definitely should have uh, been higher. That's kind of uh, well, that's kind of a... sad. Was it a everywhere type of movie, like a Friday the 13th movie, or was it just kind of here and there? I, I really don't remember. I, because I was kind of looking up behind it, I can't find anything that mentions, like, the availability of it. The uh, movie was uh, directed by George Mialka. Mm-hmm. Um, music by Paul Zaza. It stars, let's see who else stars. <laughs> Uh, Paul Kelman as TJ. My man. Lori Halia as Sarah. Mm. Neil Affleck as Axel. Cynthia Dale as Patty. Don Frank. What? I can't pronounce that. F-R-A-N-C-K-S. Franks. That's a weird way to spell Franks, but I'll go with it. Uh, Don Franks as Chief Newbie. Keith Knight as Hollis, Alf Humphreys as Howard. Helen His name's Hoover. Alf. <laughs> Is it really yes. Alf? A L F. It, it's listed on here as Al as Alf Humphreys. Wow. Jeez, and, Willie. <laughs> um, Helen Udi as Sylvia, Patricia Hamilton as Mabel. Sweet, sweet Mabel. That's Larry Reynolds as Mayor Hannah. As Mayor Hanniger and Peter Cowper as Harry Warden. Harry Balls Warden. Oh, I forgot. I also wanted to add Jack Van Ever as Happy the Bartender. Huh. Yeah. I'd like to kick it with that guy, but he's probably dead. <laughs> yeah. A lot. I think. A, I, th- <sighs> I know. Uh, Who would win in a fight, Cordell? The Bartender or Crazy Ralph? At least Happy. Like, to me, Ralph is just kind of crazy, crazy. Happy at least, like, has some knowledge to him. And I think he's fucking with him a lot of the time. So, um... Brain fought. Oh, the movie starts out? <laughs> couple, couple yes. down in a coal mine. And uh, some blonde, slutty-looking chick. I love Trailer Park Girls Cordell. She's right up my fucking alley. It's why I married my wife. God bless her. Um, but they're down in the mine and, uh, she's starting to get all naked shit, takes her cans out, kind of, she's still got a brawl on it. She's got a slutty little heart tattoo on one of her tits. Well, I know that would make a perfect cum shot target. Oh, you goddamn right. That in her mouth. Um, but yeah, so she starts taking all her clothes off, but then she goes to grab the miners big black hose, but he's like, no. And he, he wants to keep the mask on while he nails he's her. He's like just stroking. She's just stroking his 
pose. Right. <clears throat> Meanwhile, there's a pitchfork in the fucking, or not a pitchfork, a pickaxe in the <laughs> wall behind her, and he impales her on it. Fucking I know. Fantastic. I, I, I love that. He, like, she's getting all horny and everything. He puts he he puts the pickaxe in the wall, and he doesn't actually like. You think he's gonna go with it, and then he like loses his shit the moment he sees that tattoo. I guess that's true. So maybe are we spoiling right now? Might as well, huh? Um, because we're assuming this is the killer later that's doing this. Did he just pick up some whore at a bar and is like, "Hey, let's go check out the mine," and then he saw that heart on her tit and it freaked him out. Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure if I want to spoil it right now or wait till we get to the end in case people it doesn't can't. matter. I'm sure the people who listen to this already know what the fuck's going on. Okay, well, if you've already seen this movie, then you know that the killer is Axel. Um, and if you haven't seen this movie, well, tough luck. That's it. So <laughs> you've had 40 up. years. <laughs> that, that that is true. It's the 40th anniversary. Uh, this year will be the 40th anniversary of this movie. So I'm assuming Axel picked his brought up in a bar. He was going to nail her because you're right. Because he, he doesn't seem to freak out until he sees the heart. Which means that this guy, you know, he's all like fucking mad when TJ comes back to town with, and starts hitting on Sarah. This guy was about to cheat on Sarah. Yeah. And he's out. He's down on the mine banging some trailer parks gang. Do so you I think lo- do you think this is the girl, uh, kind of spoil it now, but when we see the first uh, bloody heart in a chocolate box, do you think it was this chick's heart? Has to be. So He, sh- he should have lopped off one of her tits and sent that in the box. Yeah. So <laughs> he, 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 gra- so, uh, he sees the heart tattoo, and he grabs her by the shoulders, and he just pins her right to the pickaxe that's in the wall and the pickaxe if you see in the uh unrated version it goes right it makes a like right on right through the hot tattoo so uh she screams camera zooms into her mouth and we get the i love this title card i do too that's what i was about to talk about next i love these cheesy 80s horror movie title cards are fucking great we get the title card says "My Bloody Valentine." The two O's are um, hearts, and they start to drip blood. And then we cut to Mayor Hanniger of the uh, town of Valentine Bluffs, the town with the big heart, as the sign says. Big heart on. He is. Um, he's walking around town with. Uh, um, Mabel, who owns the laundromat and he's congratulating her telling her that she's done a good job uh preparing for the dance and mabel mentions that's the first uh valentine's dance in 20 years so it's got to be special and he gets this look on his face he's like mabel we could just keep that on the dl please like (laughs) like you're right but let's just like downplay the fact that it's been 20 years right even though every all the characters in this movie are like 30 and they probably totally remember that harry warden killed a bunch of people when they were 10 because it's a town of about five people and everybody knows everything and this uh this is actually something i don't want to call this foreshadowing but this is something that when i was writing my notes so he tells so the mayor asks Mabel to keep it on the down low, and she says, okay, and walks away. And then he looks at this sign, that like this handmade sign for the Valentine dance on the wall. Mm. 
and he just kind of shudders for a bit. So I looked at the sign, and if you look at it, you'll notice that, like, the heart, when it's drawn, it looks like someone used too much paint, and it looks like blood dripping from the heart. Oh, really? So they go to the um, dance hall, and they're getting ready to... um, They're getting ready to go in. Uh, They're still talking about why, like, it's been 20 years and they get ready to go in and we get introduced to our first, uh, not teenage character, but, um, I'd say, you say these guys are all like mid twenties, maybe mid-20s, they're supposed to be 30s. like mid twenties working. Yeah, they like, all working work in class. a fucking coal mine. So yeah, we are introduced to our first character, Howard. Um, he comes out, uh, like he's been splitting the head with something, and he scares the shit out of Mabel. Like she, like. Well, we're not. We didn't even talk about the shower scene, Cordell. Where they play the fucking banjo, where they're all driving to go to the fucking dance hall. Or am I wrong? Oh shit! What's that? It doesn't matter. I, there, there's, <laughs> there, there's, there's like parts of this movie. This movie is my favorite slasher movie, but there's part of this movie that I just like my mind glosses over because it just is like you kind know of you didn't to me. forget about all the guys in the shower talking about that one guy's third leg <clears throat> that's so wild that's so fucked they're like what are you gonna do with that thing throw it over your shoulder and burp it <laughs> and i guess all that water was cold in the shower i guess they were freezing their balls off probably didn't have any balls to show on camera then it was probably all well, fucking they, tucked in the director said they were all naked in there. Oh God! He said that they weren't wearing underwear or nothing. I watched. Uh, I broke up the broke out the special edition Blu-ray, and I was watching some little panel they had on there with the director and a few of the actors, TJ and Axel. Them two weren't there for whatever reason. I think it was like forty, fifty minutes long. I watched about twenty minutes of it, and it was boring as fuck. So I turned it off. But the chick who plays Sarah was up there. Still looks good. Oh but yeah, that, I know. Going, you're you're talking about when ago. they, you're talking about when they were at the Bay of Blood convention. Whatever um, it was, yeah. Yeah, um, they did a convention a few years back at called Bay of Blood, and they it was like a big My Bloody Valentine get together. Yeah. Um, yeah. This uh, actually, I watched. I didn't watch all that panel because it's boring. Yeah, it was really fucking long, but yeah, I did learn something in that panel that we will get to later on when we get about? to, when we get to. The... Oh, okay. Sarah would still look good though, right? And I, she I, looked I all she right. Was. You get to be my age, Cordell. I, I don't know. The, still I don't know. The, I don't know. I don't know. The girl that played uh, Sylvia still looked kind of good too. Yeah, she looked all right too. So. Where the uh, fuck? I wanted to see TJ on the stage. Yeah, I don't know where they were, and um, unfortunately, the guy that played Hollis uh, passed away. They kind of mentioned that. Cocaine overdose, huh? I don't remember if they said what he died from. They just said he passed away. I was just making shit up. But, uh, so Howard scares the shit out of Mabel, and then it's all revealed to be one big joke, and... We go inside and we're uh, introduced to the rest of our main characters. We have uh, TJ. 
Which tall is, ginger who picks his girlfriend up by the head. <laughs> yeah, what was that? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> like he just picks her like right out, like grabs her by the head and picks her up. Like God, I thought he was just gonna fire her ass through the fucking ceiling or something. You know what? Well, I almost wondered if... the panel they're saying that was foreshadowing to how she was gonna get murdered. It's like, okay, I guess. <laughs> But uh, we're introduced to TJ, which is the mayor's son. Uh, we get a little backstory that TJ is back in town after going to the West Coast and completely fucked it up. So he came back. See, are they talking about like L.A.? Did he go to like try out for gay porn and failed? Or are we talking about I, like the West Side of Canada? I've got no idea. When you when I think of the West Coast, I'm thinking of California. Yeah, I guess they're they're trying to make us think that they're like in West Virginia or some shit, huh? Like this takes place in America. Uh, that's the one thing I like about this movie. They don't really like state because uh, this movie was filmed in uh, Sydney Mines, Nova Scotia, in right. Canada. So that would be a long fucking. I looked up Sydney Mines. I looked it up on Google Maps where that was. That's a long fucking trip to the West Coast. Canada's big, man. So. Um, TJ came back from the West Coast. Uh, Sarah, who was his girlfriend when he left, she uh, hooked up with his best friend. They make it seem like TJ and Axel were best friends at some point, and now they're like. I'm guessing all these people went to high school together. They probably all got jobs in the mine because of TJ's dad, and that's the only thing there is to do in this town, unless well, you also- want to fucking wash Mabel's underwear in her laundry mat. Well, they also have like that uh, scene later on at the, um like landfill not the landfill but like the where all the broken down cars yeah, are just a they, salvage yard they make like uh when tj's talking to hollis he's like remember we used to come out here all like bust up these cars have fun go up to the bluffs yeah, so it's kind of yeah. it's kind of hinted at that tj and axel were once good friends and oh, now yeah, that axel's 100 yeah, axel is dating sarah and tj's all kind of like mopey about it uh, we get introduced to Hollis and his girlfriend, um, Patty. <laughs> Patty. <laughs> Dude, Patty is Patty is very strange in this movie. Like, there's a scene later when she's talking to Sarah that I always roll my eyes at. Cut, <laughs> cut down to here, hacked up to here. I don't, I don't think I'll on. get eyes. Yeah, because you're not that hot. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> oh, she looks cute to me. I just, no. it's just, it's just her voice, her voice grates on me. Mm. She looks cute, but her voice is like, it's like you, it's like you put the, you know, you don't want to put the bag overhead. It's like, I really want to fuck you, but can you please not? I don't know. Me? Every time I look at her, I just picture a pig, that or a uh, chicken with a $10,000 heart, something like that. <laughs> I don't find her attractive at all. <laughs> and you're right, her voice is annoying. So, um, uh, they're going in there, uh, the mayor goes in there with Mabel, asks them what they're all doing, says you're supposed to be decorating the hall, not each other. And then, this is where we get one of many scenes of TJ just sulking about and shit. I love TJ. TJ's st- the guy. He just storms out off... After nearly uh, plowing into the police chief, yeah, and Axel, you, you know what? This is this is the part that's uh, that makes this love triangle so 
Part of the reason I like this movie is it's it has that kind of like relatable hometown feel where everyone knows everybody. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. It feels but, like it feels it feels very lived in. It feels like all and, these people know and each with other. That, and with that comes kind of like the pettiness of it because you can tell you kind of like get the fact that uh, Axel kind of enjoys like. Oh, he loves it. Uh-huh, he, he, I got your girl. He's like he's like cuckolding TJ. He's like, yeah, you're gonna watch me fuck her tonight. While you jerk off in the corner and cry like a little girl. I love like, the mayor. I love the mayor of this town. Oh, I love the mayor and the sheriff. They're both Ax- great. Axel goes, I don't think he likes working down back at the mine. And the mayor's like, I don't care. Yeah, fuck that he little went, cocksucker. Like, he went down to the West. <laughs> it's not my fault. He went down to the West Coast and couldn't make it. Yeah. Now that he's back, he's working in the mine. Yeah, this movie could use a little Rob Zombie dialogue. I like, fuck that little cockstain. That piece of shit needs to get his fucking gay ass back down in the mine. Something like that. That'd be fun. So, um, the, so the chief comes in, tells uh, the mayor that they have to get to another town. <laughs> no, to the chief comes in and tells the mayor... You know, we found a dead prostitute in your mind. <laughs> Missing heart. Weirdest thing. Yeah, like, we never... <laughs> that body never turned back up. We don't know what no. happened to that body. <laughs> it's being, being eaten by rats as we speak. Maybe maybe Axel dumped it in that, like, 60 feet of water that's... Oh, there. yeah. Oh, that would have been cool. Whenever he goes over that railing, if that body would have floated up, like, chest ripped open and no heart, that would have been cool. So uh, they, so uh, the mayor and the chief leave, and Mabel's like, "I'm gonna have to leave now. I gotta wash all this stuff." And Howard's like, "I'm really sorry, Mabel." And by this time, she's just, "I'm sorry, Mabel. We can sixty nine later if you want." And then uh, Howard quickly runs out with a uh, box of Valentine's chocolates, saying that somebody uh, left it for him. And this is again. This is I again like the what sheriff's I sheriff's reaction. Oh no! <laughs> Don't even I know that's what it. I was saying. I love like the small town interactions. Like everyone's yeah. just having fun with each other. Yeah. So it cuts to um, the mayor and the chief are driving down the road, and the mayor's like, "You know what I love more than chocolate? Valentine's candy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chocolate. Yes, we know. <laughs> so he goes. To, he goes to offer the cop some chocolate. He's like, "Hey, read the card first. So the mayor picks up the card and it says, From the heart comes a warning filled with bloody good cheer. Remember what happens as the fourteenth draws near. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, it does like this dramatic, he whips it open and inside is a human heart. Oh and my god. <laughs> it can't be happening again. <laughs> and the cop just look, looks at it and slowly just takes the pipe out of his mouth like Oh boy! And that one isn't that when they rip the fucking car around, and that dog Dude. chases after it. That dog always cracks me up. Okay, I have this fucking in my notes here. This part made me laugh. They because like it looks like they're driving, but when they go to whip around, they're like parked on the side of the road. Yeah. And he like backs up in a quick. He and this I noticed this. He almost that that chief almost wiped out that fire hydrant with his fucking meal. That would have been cool. <laughs> that was so funny. Like, he just, the way he backs up, he almost wipes out into a fire hydrant. And what then... I want to know is, did they turn that dog loose after that car, or were they just filming and some random dog chased down the fucking cop car? I don't, I don't know. That's what I, because I was watching that dog chase it, and then the dog kind of, like, stopped and went back up to the house. What so the fuck I is with dogs chasing cars? 
I don't, I don't get it. Why do they chase the car? I, you got, I will admit this, the, what some of the unsung actors of this movie do te- te- uh, seem to be canines. True. So yeah, there, there uh, seems to be roving fucking gangs of dogs in this town. So, um, they take the heart to like a, a medical examiner, don't they, to try to well, figure out if hold it's on, human? Because this or... is because this is because uh, we cut to the bar at this scene. Oh, okay. So we cut to the town bar where everyone, where Hollis and Axel are playing like Russian roulette with knives. That game where they like quickly try to put it through their fingers without stabbing them. I'll tell you what, they've cleaned this fucking movie up because this is the first time I've noticed those are clearly not real hands. I didn't notice that. Uh-huh. Yeah, with this new Blu-ray, it's pretty clear. And so, uh, all the kill scenes that look like shit on the DVD, they look really good. There's only been a, there's only a few instances where you could tell that the uh, color was a little off. So what? They're everyone's having a good time drinking. They're playing like they're being irresponsible with their knives. And you got Happy, the bartender in the background, to, like just going on about how bad it is to have another Valentine's Day dance. And one of the patrons is like, oh, God, is he going to really tell this story again? Fucking right and he is. Sylvia's like, let him tell it. I love fairy tales. This ain't no fairy tale, little girl. You don't <laughs> you listen. You're a you stupid, You stupid bitch. <laughs> and this is where we get the backstory of why it's 20 years. We uh, cut to the past where 20 years ago, or actually 21 years ago, um... Everyone in town was at the dance except for two supervisors and five miners. Oh, my miners. God, Cordell. Are we talking about this 21 years later? You think Harry Warden's out there? It started 20 years ago. It was the night of the Valentine's Day dance at the Union Hall. The biggest event of the year. It had been a tradition for over 100 years. Everybody was there except for... Seven miners who were out at the Hanager mine. Five of them still down below. Two supervisors were waiting for the men to come up. <laughs> Anxious to get to the party, they left before the men were safely out. Failing to check the methane gas levels in the tunnels down below. Five men were buried alive. Town continued its party. <laughs> For six weeks, we dug round the clock to try to save them. After we broke through, one man was found alive. I was the one who found. <laughs> Harry Warden spent the next year in the state mental hospital. Exactly one year later. On Valentine's Day, he came back to town. He killed the two supervisors who had left the post the year before. Then he cut out their hearts and stuffed them into heart-shaped candy boxes. That night at the dance, he found the boxes, blood dripping out the sides. Inside was a note, a warning from Harry, never to hold. Valentine's dance ever again. Every 
February 14th, Harry comes back to town. His pickaxe stained with blood, waiting in the shadows of the Henniger mine, just for someone to kill, should they not heed his warning. It could be you. I guess not. We're doing it 20 years later, so we're safe for another year, I guess. I, I honestly, if he's out there, he's going to have to find another mine because apparently I read that the mine that this movie was shot in was torn down and all filled up and everything. No, if he, if he finds you, he's going to be mining your butthole. <laughs> That's what he's going to be mining. So uh, the two supervisors, one of them will later learn is Axel's father was they were just impatient to get to the dance and they didn't check the fucking uh, gas levels in the mine. And uh, there was a mine explosion and the mine collapsed, trapping five miners. So around the clock, uh, for six weeks, they tried to uh, find him. And I love this scene. I, I, I love how melodramatic Happy gets. Right? He's like, one man was found alive. I was the one who found him. <laughs> yeah. And it cuts to Harry, like, screaming at the camera. That scene, you the, the first time I saw this movie, that made me jump. When Harry looks at the camera and screams. And you kind of see the carnage down there. There's, like, some bodies. And you see Harry in the corner. He's eating the arm of one of his uh, co-workers. Yeah, that was awesome. Now, he looked fucking deranged. Now here, now this is what I like about this movie that I did not like with the remake that came out, is they don't really explicitly say if Harry, if Warden, like, if everyone down there died except Harry and he just started eating them to survive, or if he killed them. In well, the remake, they make uh, it very clear. They, in the remake, they make it very clear that Harry Warden killed him to save Ale. Yeah. For himself. So to so. A year after uh, Harry Warden was committed to the psych ward, he escaped, and he took vengeance on the last two, on the two uh, um, supervisors the, yeah, that left Yeah, supervisors, him. yeah, left him pretty well I fucked. Was like, I was brain farting on the thing for a minute. And uh, he cut out the hearts and left them in candy boxes that he later left at the dance. And That's, uh it's kinda lame really now that I think about it. I guess I never really thought about it until now. He broke out just to kill those two supervisors. Yeah, it's not and, like and he went on a mass killing yeah, spree. Yeah, what the fuck? What do you think? Turn himself in like Ed Kemper or something? Well, because this is the part that I'm getting is they talk about Haley Warden in this town like he's some evil boogeyman monster. Right. Yeah, it's they not can't, even they, his... can't, they they can't hold a dance because they're so scared of this motherfucker. Like this like I'm sorry, it wasn't even Haley. I'm starting to turn on this movie now. <laughs> it, it's not this fucking guy's fault that him and all his, like, him and, like, he went crazy. If right. anyone's at fault, it's the fucking supervisors. Right, and they got theirs. So. Absolutely. They, right. this ta- this I'm town starting has, to get a little pissy now. So this town hasn't held a dance in 20 years because of this legend and. Nobody in the bar seems to take it seriously. They're all mocking Happy and shit. And then, yeah, because they're like, Happy, even if he did escape, who the fuck cares? He already got his revenge. He'd probably just wander off to California like TJ did to try to do gay porn, you know? What the fuck? 
Axel stabs himself. He gets distracted and stabs his finger with the knife. And then uh, Sarah walks over to TJ, who's sulking in the corner. And he's like, you know, it's all your fault. And he's like, get the fuck out of my way, bitch. Walks out. Yeah. Love him. I think he was wearing like some kind of stupid handkerchief around his neck too, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> you know, he's he's kind of got like a Fred Jones vibe going on. Yeah. So we see the mayor at the mayor and the chief are at the. Uh, I I keep getting confused because there's a lot of characters in this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, at the beginning, so it's kind of difficult to keep track of where everyone is. So the mayor and uh, the police chief are at the coroner's office, and the, the chief is uh, on the phone. He's hanging up the phone, and he calls the... He apparently says he called where well, Harry Warden was locked up. But yeah, he has they're... to call again in the morning. <laughs> he has yeah. to call again in the morning because the administration's office closed. Yeah. And he's like, the Nissan lady doesn't know if he's there. He's like, well, they have to know if he's there or not. <laughs> like, right. It's so funny. Like, the mayor's eyes are literally bulging out of his fucking head at this point. Yeah. So she's like, let's just hope this is some prank and the kids are just trying to scare us. And the fucking mayor's like, if this is a joke, I want every one of those kids strung up, starting <laughs> with that damn Howard Landers. <laughs> <laughs> Like, kids are, like, trying to make an innocent prank, and the fucking mayor's, like, not having yeah, it. he wants them hung. <laughs> it's a good thing there aren't no black people in this town, or else that would have been very good. I was just thinking that. Whenever you said strung <laughs> up, I was like, there's no fucking black people in this town. So the coroner comes in, and he confirms it is a human heart about a woman about 30 years old. Well, there's your answer, Cordell. Well, that's why I asked, because that girl at the beginning did not look 30. No, she looked 40. <laughs> she looked rough, Cordell. That's what I'm saying. Trailer Park, skanky whore. <laughs> so he's, so then he, like, he almost kind of accusingly asked the... he The coroner almost accusingly asked him, What the hell are you running around with a loose heart? Looks like a butcher ripped this out. Yeah. Meanwhile, he fondles it the whole time. What's going on in Valentine's Bluffs? And they ask him if he remembers Harry Warden. We got a bad dog problem. That's what's going on. Of course I remember Harry Warden. Those were terrible. Terrible moitas. All two of them. I thought they locked him up in <laughs> I thought they locked him up in Eastfield. Is he still we're trying to see if he's still there. Well, gentlemen, right. you Calm have down. your answer. Calm down there, Rain Man. It, it's it's some of the line delivery in this is over the top. I think that's oh, what makes it kind of so awesome. Well, that, that I, it's very memorable because, like me and you were talking about, we were both going to say the same thing. Where the sheriff's like, "Oh no, 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 no," and then the as the fourteenth draws near. <laughs> yeah, it's very memorable. So uh, next, we come across uh, a pair of feet walking in the dark, and we find out this is the. Minor and he's stalking Mabel. And she uh she's inside the laundromat. She's cleaning up the uh decorations that Howard fucked up earlier. Getting the cum stains out of her sheets <laughs> from the sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I like this scene because we kind of get like that. We kind of get like a Halloween callback with the POV shot of the killer walking into the. Oh, you know, what one of them dumbasses said on that panel. What? I believe this was the first movie with point of view. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, it was not. I'm not sure who said that on that panel, but obviously they did not watch somebody it. who doesn't watch horror movies. Actually, no. I think one of the first horror movies to do POV, wasn't that like Jaws? Uh, I thought it was like Peeping Tom or some shit. That or uh, Black, Black Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. I was going to say, because I was about to say Halloween did it, but Halloween wasn't even the first to do it. I was thinking it was Peeping Tom. So, uh, Harry walks in and he puts the a, a box down on the table and then he just hides in the corner and this is where i don't understand mabel comes walking out how does she not hear this guy breathing like he's just hiding like right there behind the corner well she's pretty old cordell she might have hearing loss which is something that a lot of americans suffer from and i don't appreciate you laughing at it mabel's not american (laughs) (laughs) oh it's true many canadians suffer from cordell (laughs) So, so she uh, comes across the uh, box and she's all smiling like, oh, who left this? Mm-hmm. It looks like I'm about to wash them sheets again after tonight. Roses are red. Violets are blue. My dick is hard. And no. so are you. And so are you. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I was going with that. But I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah. Roses are red. Violets are blue. If I had a condom, I would fuck you. There we go. <laughs> But no, the the uh, card actually said roses are red, violets are blue, one is dead, and so are you. Yeah. And then uh, Harry shuts off the lights and then attacks Mabel, and she tries to get away. And I love the scene where uh, I love when she's running. She's, like, opening all the doors on the thing, yeah. trying to slow him down. Yeah. And then she runs through the curtain, and you just see Harry's hand come through and just grab her old ass by the hair and yank her back. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, he's pissed off at her because she's the one hanging all those stupid-ass decorations around town. So this... um, So we don't really get to see what happens to her, although it's going to become very apparent shortly. So we cut to the um we cut to the next morning, which is Friday the thirteenth. Oh shit. And um the mayor is still hanging out with the chief, you know, they're kinda like butt buddies at this point. Mm-hmm. And the chief is on the phone. <laughs> the chief's like, I Hey love- man, smell my fingers. I fucked Mabel last night. And I love this I love this scene. The chief's on the phone with the administrator at the uh mental hospital and they're they're like having the like this pissing match about whether or not Harry's there. She, he's like he keeps repeating himself, You gotta know whether he's there or not. <laughs> you would and, fi- and then finally she just gets pissed off and says Look, sir, I have no, if if this Harry Warden was here at committed as you said under court order, then my only mess, uh, my only thing is he's either he's either released, transferred, or on the slab. Take your yep. pick of the. Three. And the cops like take the pick of the three. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> that just kind of says right there, Harry Warden's not really a big prolific killer or anything. Otherwise, she'd probably be very aware. 
of if he was there or not. It's it it just makes the legend of him that kind of like no. yeah. overplayed. Because in Halloween, if they would have called the asylum, is Michael Myers there? <laughs> you know, they'd be like, God damn, I don't know. Let me check. Well, that's like, uh, you know, no one really takes Michael as seriously in the first one. But like when you uh, when Halloween four, you, you get that scene in Halloween four when the chief is on the radio in his basement and he gets a hold of the National Guard. He's like, we have a killer on, on the streets, Michael Myers. And the guy's like, is this some kind of Halloween prank? Right. Everybody knows who Michael Myers is. So, uh, the ma- so the she tells the chief that the only thing left to look at is the microfilms, and that could take days. He's like, well, get on it, you fucking bitch. Very mm-hmm, well. And he just hangs up on her. And I love the look on her face when she puts the phone down. She's like, what an asshole. Yeah, did he call me a cunt? <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> so, um, he, he looks at the mayor and he's like, they don't even, he's like, I love how he cuts himself off. He's about to say, jumping, Jesus. They don't even know if he's there or not. <laughs> and the mayor's like, I wonder if we shouldn't cancel the dance. So the chief goes over to um, over to the laundromat. I'm probably skipping a bunch of scenes right That's here because we had we had a couple scenes, like I said earlier, of them at, of the of the kids out there at the um, junkyard, the, and yeah. then you got that scene of Horace is doing some fucking hillbilly cooking on the engine of a car. And then and TJ it, and uh, Axel have dueling harmonica battles. That was entertaining. And then you got uh, like the scene of um, Patty and Sarah that are walking about. Yeah, and that's she's, when TJ. She's, make, she's that's making when TJ kidnaps her. <laughs> she's making fun of uh, Patty's making fun of Sarah because she's like, you know, you can't have both of them. You know. Yeah. That's what I thought, and then she's like. You gotta come, like, like, slid up to here, right down to here. I don't know if I'll get out alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, Axel, or not Axel, TJ gets out of work and he comes and kind of steals Sarah. And we kind of get like this mopey soap opera music. I enjoyed this. I'm sorry. I'm so damn sorry. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> Why didn't you write? I wanted to. You gotta believe me, but I just couldn't. But when you got a fucking black man's dick in your mouth and your asshole at the same time, Sarah, it's hard to put pen on paper. It's, de- it's even harder to talk on the phone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> TJ there. Oh, They fucked the gag reflex out of my fucking mouth, Sarah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and then he just grabs her by the face and kisses her. And oh, that's romantic. Now she doesn't know what to do because later Cause on. Because it tastes like, like dick. <laughs> now she's got to figure out how to. Now she's got to figure out how to tell Axel, yeah, I'm just going to fuck both of you. Yeah. So. Which I'd get in on that. I'd be the third wheel in there. So the chief, he goes over to the laundry mat. And he walks in, and he takes note of a peculiar smell. He asks smells, like, he... smells like Mabel's been murdered and stuffed in a dryer in here. <laughs> it's like, uh, Mabel? 
Did you make sure to wash after last night? <laughs> yeah. So that'd be he, funny if he if he walked in, it's like Mabel, Mabel, did you get those cum stains out of the sheets? <laughs> so he notices like all the up hearts are upside down on the thing. So he starts going through one by one, opening them to see what the hell is burning. And he gets to I think the middle one and then fucking Mabel's <laughs> burnt ass body just fucking <laughs> Who fucking like cooked fish just falls out of just, the fucking thing? Just projectiles out of the fucking dryer and starts spinning around in circles. That'd have been great if he would have hit like stop on the dryer, like looked around and been like, I guess one more time and unzipped his pants and started fucking her mouth. And I think it's worth noting to the listeners that um, this movie is like if you're watching the cut footage, you don't get the extended yeah, bottle flipping around. No, don't this watch movie that was real was heavily butchered by the MPAA, right. and uh, the director thinks it has something to do with who was it? Who was it that got killed in the in eighty that he blames for get this movie getting cut? Oh fuck, I don't remember. Was it one what, of the Beatles? Len- Lennon, maybe. Yeah, John Lennon. So that guy wasn't uh, watching horror movies. He was reading dumbass books like Catcher in the Rye. Maybe they should censor the books. So, um, they come to take Mabel's body away. And I love the fucking mayor in the corner. He's just, he's like, what an awful smell. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Sheriff, why does she have jizz dripping out of her mouth? I don't like, know. <laughs> Swab for DNA, boys. The sheriff tells the mayor, oh, I forgot to, I, I forgot to pull out last night. It must have cooked inside of her. <laughs> Goddamn, Sheriff, have you seen her bed sheets? <laughs> It's a good thing they don't have CSI around this time, or the chief would be implicated. Yeah, he would be thrown in prison. So, uh, the chief tells him, he tells the people taking her body away to take out the back so no one sees, and that the cause of death is going to be listed as a um, heart attack. They're going to call it a rotisserie chicken. You know, it would have been great. (laughs) It would have been great if they were wheeling her out the back and that gang of dogs came out and got a hold of her corpse and dragged it through the town. Oh, that would be so bad. (laughs) Heart attack, huh? (laughs) So, right before they take her out, he takes one last peek to try to picture, you know, he. I don't know why you wouldn't try to picture her so that you can spank off to a memory as she was alive. Right. I want one now when you now when he wanks off to her, it's just gonna be a picture of a burnt uh rotisserie chicken. That might be what he's into, the Cordell, I don't know. And he notices that there's uh something in a cut open chest cavity. And it's uh there's a really good like behind the scenes photo of her body um you can find on the internet. They don't really show it in the movie. But you can like see that her chest is cut open and everything. Mm-hmm. So he reaches into a chest cavity and pulls out another Valentine's card. P- the, the, Harry Warden is quite a poet. He's good. And the card says, it happened once. It happened twice. Cancel the dance hood. It'll happen thrice. It'll happen thrice. <laughs> so fucking stupid. And like... <laughs> 
and that's the last straw for the mayo. He's had it. There's not even going to be a town debate on this. He's like, take down all these decorations. As long as there's a Halloween decor, a Halloween decoration, as long as there's Valentine decorations, Harry will not stop killing and lock up that damn union hall. (laughs) Yeah. So all the kids are asking what's going on. As the sheriff locks up the hall. I don't understand. Like the kids could just throw him over the side. And bust down the door. Right. You know play some we're not going to take it. In the background. (laughs) But they're like. Well in in respect to Mabel. We're going to cancel the dance. And take down the decorations. Which makes absolutely no sense. Since this is what she wanted. Right. Yeah out of respect. We're going to do the opposite of what she wanted. So I think right now everyone's like calling bullshit. So uh I just don't get well, I guess I kinda do, never mind. So we're back at the bar. Everyone's kind of all upset that the bar's been canceled. Happy's like heart attack my ass. She died because she didn't heed the warning. Everybody's pissed except for TJ, because he's totally getting some poon tonight. You fucking, you, you know what? It, uh, Happy sounds like an asshole right here because it's almost like he's saying that Mabel deserved what she got. Right. It's and he's calling all those, he's calling all those patrons little assholes. <laughs> and it's a good thing that uh, the chief wasn't there. He probably would have fucking like just stone thrown him in handcuffs for disrespecting his oh, dead I thought you were about to say he gave him a stone cold stunner. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> you know what? I love talking about these movies. There's just so many ways we could have made this better. Oh, yeah. So, so TJ is now obviously a lot happier now that he's now that uh, him Sarah's and fucking Sarah, again. Yeah. him and Sarah have locked lips and he's I, very I like Sarah. Happy. I think Sarah's hot. What do you think? I like her in this. She's I know I said Patty looks uh, cute, but definitely nothing on Sarah. No, hell no. Um, we keep cutting to Sarah. She's walking home. Or she's walking somewhere. I don't know. And she's all kind of like freaking herself out, talking yeah. to herself. How are you going to talk about the, this to Axel? This reminds me of, the. Uh, I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. <laughs> yeah, because... Uh, at first, this is, like, kind of cool, like, the fucking uh, chief scares her, saying he's making his nightly rounds. And at first, you think it is Harry, because you just see the light. So, back at the bar, uh, everyone's like, what are we going to do? And Howard's like, I don't know, let's throw a party. Yeah. yeah. I love the play between Hollis and Howard. Like, they fucking, like, the way they play off each other. How? Like he goes to Howard for uh he goes to Hollis for like a fist bump and Hollis is like is like where are we gonna do it, dumbass? The chief has this whole town locked up. Yeah, maybe if they would have told her that maybe Mabel was butchered and thrown in a dryer, maybe they wouldn't be so excited about throwing a party. I know. It, it, you know, they always like withhold information to try to protect people, but by withholding they end up getting more people killed. Right, right. So Maybe uh, this whole bitch was hacked up and burnt to death. Maybe they would have went home and locked the fucking doors. 
so TJ uh, uh, pipes up. He's like, well, let's have a party at my father's mine. Yeah, fuck it. And everyone's like, yeah, let, let's go at the mine. And then Howard pipes up with the fucking, where people get eaten. Beware of Harry Warden. Ooh. Mm, <laughs> I like Hollis. He I killed like Hollis. two people. <laughs> I like Hollis and TJ. They just get disgusted looks and they like throw his arm away. Like shut the fuck up. Yeah. And then like you said, Happy's like be make beware what you make fun of, you little asshole. <laughs> you little assholes. Who? You. <laughs> that fucking bartender's hilarious. <laughs> you know, TJ finally steps up and just tells Happy to shut the fuck up and <laughs> don't you go telling nobody. Remember, old man, snitches get stitches. That's right. We'll drop your old ass. We'll put you in a fucking dryer and burn you alive. He's like, don't say I didn't warn you, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> so later that that's great. So later that night, we get Happy. He goes out to the mine. He's gonna set up a little Harry Warden dummy. To kind of scare like little assholes, piss on Harry <laughs> Warden while they yeah. help them scale their life. And I love how he's doing this and he keeps chugging a beer. <laughs> well, you got to. So this is, a, this is a fucking epic kill right here, Cornell. So he's like having fun. He keep, he keep, he keeps like having fun with himself. He keeps opening the door, seeing how the trap works. He's like giggling to himself. He's about to walk away when he decides, fuck it, I'm going to do it one more time. But it's not his dummy in that Well, I noticed this door. time. I noticed this time. I don't think he was doing it one more time. I think he was going to leave, but I think he heard something. I had my shit cranked up this time around. I think there was a wrestling on the other side of the door. So he goes to open it, and as soon as he opens that door, Harry swings that pickaxe up right underneath his chin. And right out the fucking eye. Right out the eyeball. Yeah, I think that's how Tom Atkins went in the remake. Yeah, but it didn't uh, go through his eye. It just kind of like went underneath his chin and out his mouth. Yeah. And then just kind of, he ripped his jaw off, which is still a pretty cool kill, but. Fuck yeah, and Tom Atkins is that. That's double cool. I'll put this out right now. I'm not a fan of the remake, but I do have to concede that the remake has some good kills. It's got some good shit, though. It's got some high points, but like if you were if you were to ask me to like recommend the remake, I'd be like no. My biggest problem with it is the twist, and I don't like a lot of the yeah. We'll, we'll CW stars of the day. We'll talk about that when we get to the end. Here we'll talk a little bit about the remake. Okay. So, uh, and I and you know this death is. This death is a little more brutal than Mabel's because uh, Happy does, Hap doesn't die right away. Like as he goes to the ground, he's gurgling, he's moaning, he's like, oh, oh, oh. yeah, it's almost like TJ in California was having his way with him. And you think Harry would have like? I don't even know why Hap dies because he's the one who's been anti Valentine's Day at all. Like unless he just died because he was at the mine. Uh, <clears throat> probably because he knew they were throwing a party out there and Axel went on a recognizance mission and saw that thing set up there and didn't want to scare people off or something, you know, just it wanted could to be. take take it down and not get everybody riled up. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's, you know, could be that if fucking Happy didn't open that door back up, he probably would have lived. Yeah, he'd been fine. 
So, uh, you would have been back at the bar <laughs> calling people assholes. <laughs> I love this. I love this scene. Though after Hap goes down, you just see him dragging his body away. He's like just pulling it across the ground. Yeah, that might be my favorite kill. So, um, uh, so we cut to the next day, February fourteenth. Town's like empty now. And uh, we don't really spend a whole lot in this day. Then it cuts to the evening and everyone like starts busting into the rec center at the mine. The rec center? <laughs> I, I, I rec hall, like, I don't know what you call it, but like they got some pinball machines in there and shit. They have a kitchen, so. Like a break room. So everyone gets, starts bringing in their food and everything and. Everyone's all having a good time, and they play some cheesy ass song on the radio. I love how they—they they don't even bring a radio or a stereo with them. They just like hook together an old car radio, and like play it. Did never, you notice I, that? No, I never even noticed the music in this movie until the end, of course. Yeah, like they—they they take like an old car. They take an old car radio, hook it up to some wires, and like start playing music. So, um. We cut back to the chief. He's at the uh, office, and he asks the deputy if anything's gone on, and he's like, no, but someone left that. And he starts acting all weird and shit because he thinks it's another human heart. And, she, like, his deputy's like, everything okay, sir? Yeah. Yeah, why don't you step out for a minute, sir, uh, man? So he slowly opens it up. And you think it's going to be another heart, but it turns out it's just regular chocolate. Yeah, from Mabel. It's kind of sad, you know. God rest her soul. Obviously, these, these two had a thing, and now he can't fucking smash anymore. No. No more taking Mabel's butthole to Pound Town. So, we, this... this this part of the film's kind of hard to describe because we keep jumping back and forth. Yeah, here, there, there. So, yeah. I thought that too towards the end. Just a lot of the going here, going there, going here. Yeah, just a lot of all over the place. Hold on. Let me take a drink. I need to lubricate for this part. Lubricate your pipes, sir. What are you drinking? Dr. Pepper? Is that what you said? Yep. Okay. Let's see if I can do this here. So... Uh, he opens the box. It's just chocolate from Mabel, and he can't. He just kind of looks at his deputy. Says, "I got this funny feeling about the mine. I'll let, I'll uh, get back to you." And then he like hears a bunch of dogs outside just fighting over something. So he goes out there and uh, here's the package he was looking for. Yeah, didn't these uh. <laughs> And were, were these dogs supposed to be there, or was this, like, were I'd these say, dogs just... I'd say they were supposed to be there. They didn't, like, these were feral dogs, because you think for a moment they're going to attack him. Yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> but no, the chief kicks at him and tells him to get the fuck out of his station. Get the fuck out away from his station. That's what I say to my dogs anytime they walk up to me. Get the fuck away from me. So he picks up the note, and it says, you didn't stop the party. And he's like, what damn party? And then he picks it up, and it doesn't even show the heart inside this one, so we can only assume that inside is Mabel's heart. <laughs> the dog's got it. <laughs> but 
at least the Chief can still say he got Mabel's hot for Valentine's Day. That's true. That's one way to look at it, Cordell. That's the good thing about you. You're always looking at the bright side of life. I know, right? It's <laughs> positivity, man. You know, even in, even when there's a serial killer loose, you got to be positive. Yeah, I think Axel already has a higher body count than Harry. Yeah. So he does. The whore, no. Mabel, and uh, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> yeah. So we cut back to the mine, and this uh, one of the people in the back. I. I keep forgetting this. What's this guy's name? Dave. The tall, tall ginger yeah. who picks his girlfriend up by the head. Uh, no, not the, well. Those two, they decided to go down. To, oh, we're uh, talking about the guy who just kind of yeah, he appears and he dis- is he the one who is going to nail that girl down on the mine later? Uh, no. I, I think, the, the, I, the guy I'm talking about is the guy that's about to get killed. Dave, this, I think his name this is. Face in the hot dog flavored water. Yeah. Yeah. He goes Hot in there. Is that where Lump Biscuit got the name for that fucking album? I have no idea, but that's you never fun. heard of you never heard of the Lump Biscuit album, Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water? No. <laughs> oh, that's great shit. I'll have to look it up now. <laughs> you probably won't like it. I'm like the only Lump Biscuit fan left in the world. I'll give it a try. So, um, he goes in there and he starts like playing with the. Hot dogs. There had to have been another way into this kitchen because there's no way Harry would have gotten in there without being seen. I don't know, but that hot dog boiling shit grossed me out. Why can't they just put them in a fucking microwave? Who the hell has a whole <laughs> vat full of fucking hot dogs? Well, I mean, I've boiled hot dogs in water. Well, before. you're a fucking weirdo, so I understand that, but I, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, so he's like playing in the hot dog water, and then he someone just grabs him from the behind, like shoves his face into the water. He's like, "No, who is that?" Yeah, it's very brazen of Axel just to pop out in the middle of his kitchen while a party's going on. People are in and out all the time, grabbing wieners and fucking beer. But we, um, this is the first kill that I don't get what, why it was cut because it's really not that bad looking. Like oh, when you, when you see Jesus. it from under the. When you see it from under the water, his face, like, uh, as it slowly starts to, like, get, like, boiled and everything, it don't look that bad. It looks worse when you see him in the freezer. It's because of Jesus and Christians, the MPAA and Republicans is why you don't get to see his face melted off. I guess that's not true, though. I think Tipper Gore was, like, really big behind the MPAA and censorship and video games and shit. So it's both their faults, goddamn Democrats and fucking Republicans. I was gonna say because I know uh, I know it was Tippa's wife that was behind the uh, labeling of explicit yeah, music. They're all a bunch of bastards. But because uh, I was gonna say because this came out the same, it should be pointed out that this movie came out the same year as Halloween Two did. And, and they didn't Friday they, Part Two. Yeah, and they didn't cut the face boiling scene out of Halloween Two. No, because it had titties. They couldn't take their eyes off the titties to notice the face was missing. <laughs> yeah, that, that girl had some nice titties. <laughs> oh, god damn. So, uh, he uh, takes Dave's head, boils it in the water, and then somehow he manages to shove him in the fridge. Um, yeah, why would he put him in the fridge? <laughs> I don't know. This movie's got a lot of questions, Cornell. Uh, TJ and Axel kind of get into it out the party, and Sarah's like, leave me alone. 
<coughs> Axel just grabs a beer and runs off. <coughs> yeah, he does. So, oh, God damn it. I'm yeah, you okay? No. Oh, fuck. I like how he uh, opens that beer. It's like very. I don't know. It's just weird. Hey, 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 hey. Hold up. Pause. Like, I don't want to fucking death. Like, on air. No, no, like, I'm okay. fine. No, I'm cool. Well, <laughs> you should sure? because you just told me no. That happens from time to time. Yeah, all right. Holy shit. What's going on a beer run? I think I swallowed a piece of shoe or something. <laughs> God it's damn all good. You gave me a fucking heart attack. Yeah, I know. Fuck. Like, I'm not going to be able to release this episode. That happens at least 15 to 16 times a day. Sometimes it ends with me throwing up, but luckily it doesn't happen that time. Oh, Goddamn, Cordell, you should be used to that if you listen to the old show. I go on coughing fits all the time. <laughs> Not like that, you didn't. <laughs> Maybe it's just a lot more clear. Fucking technology has gotten better. So, in order to cheer up uh, Sarah, um, Patty, and Hollis decide to uh, go down in the mine. Um, they're joined by Mike and Harriet. You know, it was weird. I figured it going down in the mines, it would get colder down there. But according to them assholes on the panel, they said it was really hot down there. Yeah, and they act like it's cold because they take blankets with them. Yeah, but, but wouldn't you think that going down in there would be cold? Um, I don't isn't know. That why, isn't that why people go to them caves in Missouri and shit, like in the summertime, because it's nice and cool in there? Well, see, that's the thing. I, see, a cave, I would think, is cold, but like a mine, I would think, because the further you get underground, you get closer to the Earth's core. Well, they're not getting that fucking low, Cordell. It's not like they got a goddamn drill for What was that goddamn movie? The Core. <laughs> that was the name of it. Where they tried to drill the Earth's core to nuke it and restart it. Man, I got really stoned when I watched that movie, and it freaked me the fuck out. Dude, I remember that movie, though, because I remember I, there's one distinct scene from that movie I remember, and it's when they do something, and this, like, little rock falls, goes right to that guy's suit and to his head. Oh, yeah. And you like, he starts, you like, blood drips down his face to his, like, visor. What would you rather watch right now, Armageddon or Deep Impact? Uh, Armageddon. Yeah, me too. You know why? That fucking Aerosmith song. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to close my eyes. So, uh, down in the mine, uh, you have Sylvia and that one guy, that redhead that picked her up earlier by the face. Should be noted, we kind of glossed over it, but like they were making fun of Sylvia because she works at the bar. And they were making fun of her because she hasn't popped her cherry yet. Yeah, they got a whole song about it. Her name wasn't Sylvia, though. Sylvia was the girl by the head. Yeah, but that's the girl that gets... Uh, that's... She... No, she... There was, oh, there was then a... I'm thinking I'm thinking of the blonde chick, then. The blonde I... chick at the bar, she's the one who gets killed with the other random dude. They Remember, they wander off down the mine and get the drill through the back. Oh, you're thinking of Harriet. Yeah, Harriet, who still hasn't yeah. lost her chariot or whatever. Yeah, but uh, they make a fun. They make a song about Sylvia. So Sylvia's down in the mine with uh. Sylvia doesn't go down in the mine. Sylvia gets her fucking impaled on the uh, the shower. Oh yeah, you know it's so confusing because for some reason I keep thinking that shower shits down in the mine. No, remember because he comes in, Sylvia, Sylvia. All right, all right, <laughs> all right. So okay, I let me retract. Let me backtrack. So Sylvia and uh, the redheaded guy are. Uh, um, 
trying to make like, Whoopi. They're in one of the the one of the one of the uh, buildings where all the uniforms are and shit. Yeah, they're in the shower room. And they're out there like make like you said making Whoopi. Yeah, trying to make Whoopi, but then she wants a beer or some silly shit. Redhead is uh, teaching her the art of an enacting coitus. Cunnilingus, if you will. <laughs> so, um, he gets up to go get some beer, so and so they can continue. And uh, she hears a noise, so she gets up to go look at it, and suddenly she starts getting freaked out by all the. Um, someone starts dropping all the uniforms on her. She gets freaked out, and then Happy come like Happy comes down on her. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> She's like, "Who's the asshole now?" <laughs> and uh, she turns around, and we get like uh, one of my favorite scenes, like the POV shot of her like screaming into the minor space. Yeah, he picks her up by the fucking head, just like her old man did. He's like pick- a le- yeah, go ahead. Picking her up, and he's just like swerving around. And he goes, I, he carries her for quite a ways too, because he walks from the uniforms all the way into the shower room. Mm-hmm. And I, th- this is what I like about Harry Warden is like he's got like that upper body strength, Actually. and he's like jerking, he's jerking him around and shit like that. So he picks up, so he picks up by the head, carries her to the shower room, and then he just fucking takes her head and just like whips it right onto a, pull, a pipe. Yeah. Pretty fantastic. And, and uh, the best part about it is the water's still running through her mouth. <laughs> see, before he turned the water on, you kind of like just get you kind of like get the blood dripping out of her mouth onto his boots. And I like that. I thought that was pretty effective. I and, don't and it, know it, if I'm correct or not, but it seems to me I remember this going down different in the dvd i remember the water not being on and then he turns it on but i swear to god when i watched it the other night the water was already running am hmm. i crazy or is my blu-ray fucked up or what uh, I, I didn't seem to have that problem okay but i might, uh, I might have just looked away for a second take a drink of beer or something but uh so Redheaded dude, he comes back down for the case of Bill. It, it should be pointed out he, when he went up top to get the Bill, he goes out, he goes into the kitchen where those two women are, the stirring the hot dogs. He opens the thing, and not yeah. one of them notices Dave's body in there. And them two girls find a heart in the hot dog pot. He's like, "Ew, what is that?" <laughs> so they should have ate it like the black guy from Jason Goes to Hell. So. Uh, he comes back down with a can up with the case of beer, and he's looking for. And then he notices the showers on it, and is like, "Go ahead, do it, cause you do it pretty funny." <laughs> all right, all right, all Sylvia, right. all right. Dumbass. <laughs> so he and he starts like taking his shirt off, and I think he's about to like make some sweet shower sex. Uh-huh. He walks in there and. You know what? This this scene right here, he walks up and he finds her hanging there and he's just staring at like it's like he's staring right into a soulless body. And I'm thinking to myself, this if they had made a sequel, I could have seen this guy becoming the new Harry Warden because the way he, the the amount of time he uh looked at her like staring into her face and that, you would like that would fuck someone up. Mm, yeah, I'd imagine. 
So I was thinking to myself, if they had made a sequel to this, I could think this redheaded dude could have became the next Harry Warden. Or just Harry Warden himself. Yeah, we'll get there. So that uh, while this is all going on, Hollis, Patty, Sarah, uh, Harriet, and Mike, they decide to go down into the mine. And um, the chief gets a, we cut to the chief, and he's on his way to check out the mine, and then he gets a call that the rental institution calls him back. So he so he kind of, like, zips around to go back. This guy can't make up where he wants to go anymore. He doesn't even get fucking killed, which is disappointing. So, up top, all hell starts to break loose. Dave's body is found, and the redhead, like, bursts in, all fucking shaking and shit. Uh, then, um, <laughs> this is where Axel, I like Axel at this point, he's like, it's Harry Warden, he's here, everybody, get the fuck out, go! <laughs> yeah. So, TJ tries to run over the phone and dial it, but, you know, Axel, being the clever guy that he is, he cusses the line. So, they're about to leave, and then, you know what, I'm pretty sure if TJ had not told Axel that they were in the mine, he probably wouldn't have went down there. Uh, you might be right. I don't know. I never even thought about it. Because it seems to me like Axel didn't know that they went down to the mine until TJ said something. Maybe he didn't know. Maybe he was just playing coy. Hmm. I don't know. Axel is a good poker face in this. I was reading uh, some trivia about this, and it said that... Uh, the the reveal of who the actual killer was wasn't told to any of the actors until the fi- until the scene was shot so everyone could maintain their proper like maintain their po- uh, posture or whatever yeah so everyone starts like stampeding out of there to get the hell out and TJ tells Axel that Sarah's was down in the mine with Hollis and the others and that they're gonna go save him. So they get some gear on, and they go out to the um, elevator lift. Axel's like, if anything happens to her, it's going to be your fault. He's like, let's just get her out of there. You search the top. I'll search the bottom. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, they both get in the same elevator. (laughs) Don't you think that's fucking weird? Good luck. Like, they're about to separate, and they get into the same fucking thing. You would think maybe they'd do that good luck When they, like, get to the first floor and then they do it. And they separate. Yeah, it's fucking retarded. So, down in the mine, Hollis is kind of given a tour of the mine and everything. And uh, Harriet and uh, Mike, they kind of sneak away to the old engine room. And uh, we'll get to this when we actually get to them being discovered, but... Uh, we were supposed to see their deaths. <coughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he talked about that on the panel. I did stick around long so, enough to hear that. So, <laughs> I will, so I'll get to that when we get to Alice discovering them. But, so they sneak off to go fucking make love. There's a lot of lovemaking in this movie. Not a whole lot of boobies to be mentioned, though. Yeah, this, movie's on, this movie is almost like Friday the 13th Part 6, where it's like all like sexual tension but no boobs. Bullshit. So could have at least um, got that trailer skank in the beginning to do it. I yeah, then they probably would have got had to cut that though, because uh, 
nipple and blood in the same thing. So, uh, Hollis and them, they're walking around and, you know, Howard's, like, acting all fucking like Howard. You know, he's, like, scaring the shit out of the girls and everything. And, uh, they're walking and then they start hearing, like, a noise behind them. And we see Harry, he's, like, going down the hallway. He's, like, busting the lights on the side of the thing. I like that. I like that imagery. Like, just the silhouette of, of him Harry. Knocking the, knocking the lights out. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty Him cool. swinging the pickaxe and busting the lights. I like that. Hollis is like, it's probably rats. Howard's like, that ain't no rat. <laughs> <laughs> so they continue. So they decide it's time to get the hell out of Dodge. And they run into TJ, who tells them that Dave and Sylvia have been killed and that Harry Warden's here. And they're getting ready to leave. And Howard's like, well, where's Mike and Harry? They haven't come back. So Hollis goes to find them. And he find, goes to the engine room and he finds them impaled on the bench. And supposedly, it, so this kill, what we were supposed to see is we were supposed to get these two making love. And Harry comes up behind uh, them with that check, that pole, whatever, that, that drill. Mm-hmm. And he shoves it into Mike. And you get Harriet. Yeah, you get like her not uh, knowing what's going on, but Mike's still uh, trying to get away. And then she notices, uh, and then she sees Harry, she starts screaming, and then Harry takes the pole with both hands and shoves it between both of them. And what you were supposed to get is these two were like kissing, and the blood came out of their mouth to form like a heart. Yeah, that would have been cool. Kind of like Bay of Blood or Friday the 13th Part 2 double impalement shit. Yeah, so I think if they ever, I know this movie has one remake, but if they ever went back and tried again with this movie, that would definitely be an idea for a kill to uh, put in, I think. Yeah, that'd have been cool. Yeah, for sure. So Hollis, uh, he finds um, Harriet and Mike impaled in the engine room, and then, I don't know how, but he like drops his fucking hard hat with the light on, and... Harry's behind him loading up a nail gun, shoots one nail into Hollis's side and then one right into his fucking forehead. Yeah, I don't know. This this is right up there with the happy kill because this is fucking brutal. I mean, yeah, a nail to your brain, that's pretty fucking... Well, yeah, he fucking nails him like three times in the skull and then he kind of like wanders around zombified like Jeffrey Dahmer just tried to take a piece of his brain out to have sex with him. And it's like a slow death where he doesn't even know what's going on anymore. His brain is just bleeding. I know. I thought that was kind of cool. Like he's got two fucking nails right in this fucking skull and yet he still somehow manages to walk back to the group. Yeah. He's like zombified while his brain bleeds out. So they get back and he falls and... He can't go on anymore, and he dies there. Uh, Patty, she starts fucking, like, she breaks down in hysteria because now she ain't got no fat flubber to fuck. Yeah, I'm always available if she needs me, I guess. Um, and Sarah and Howard, they see Harry Warden coming. Howard, he's like, like, fuck these bitches, I'm out. He takes off. Howard's such a bitch. 
I know. I don't really care for Howard that much. So Howard no, runs he's kind off. Of annoying. Howard runs off, and uh, uh, Haley f- decides to go after him. So this kind of makes me wonder: Is Axel like was Axel's plan just to kill everyone else and not Sarah? Because you know he could have easily just Axel's walked up to Sarah and Patty and fucking ended them. I have no idea what his motivation is. You know? Oh, yep, I'm here. Sorry, I was muting you because I was coming back in from the garage and the dogs were coming in and the wife was there and everything else. Oh. My bad. More... Plus, my internet might have cut out in the garage for a second. Okay. We're my bad. bad. We're... I've been muting you when I got to pee and when I go outside to smoke. <laughs> so, unlike uh... the old show, I used to just piss right off the fucking microphone. So, <laughs> so after Howard runs off, uh, and Warden goes after him. Sarah is trying to get Patty so they can go, and she won't leave Hollis's side. So she like grabs Patty and just gives a full on face to the yeah. face. I yeah, love Patty's the echo that. Annoying. I love the echo that slap made. God damn, you're down to mine. You gotta have some echo. So they start going, and they run into Ax- they run into Axel and. Uh, yeah, this is the part of the movie I'm talking about where it's like, here, there, we're running here, we're running there. I hate movies that just go all over the place. It drives me nuts. They run into Axel, and then we cut to the chief. He's getting ready to go back in his truck when uh, a group of kids come up and tell him that Harry Warden's killing people at the mine. So he gets he starts heading to the mine, tells calls dispatch to get every man available, get the mayor, those people trapped in the mine. I mean, like, I told them not to go out there. Fuck them. So, uh, Axel's leading the girls to one of the tunnels, and they hear a noise coming from a, it's kind of, you kind of get, like, this long tunnel with a fork in the road, and they hear a noise on the other side of them, so Axel grabs a fucking piece of wood from the ground and fucking <laughs> this slams is this TJ is right in the fucking... <laughs> because he knows. He knows there's no killer. He knows who it is. He just wants to fuck TJ up with the two-by-four like Hacksaw <laughs> Jim Duggan. <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, hits TJ full-on hard in the gut with a piece of wood. Yeah. It's funny, like, the first time you the first time you ever see this movie, you're like, okay, maybe he thinks Harry Warden's coming, but then after you watch, you're like, no, he knows exactly who's coming, and he just fucks he's him like, up with uh, two by four. I love it. He's like, oh, shit. What? <laughs> and T.H. is like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. man. I thought you were Harry. Right. Do I look like Harry? <laughs> so then they have, so they're trying to escape uh, Howard. We still don't know where he is. So they got they get to the controls to the elevator and oh how convenient Harry busted that. So they're like, well, we That's can't what go. I was trying park. to figure out that was the lift that them two tried to that they took down, right? That wasn't. I was thinking, watching it last night, I was like, oh, he hit the controls of the mine car, but that wasn't the mine cart. That was just the lift. Why the fuck didn't they just try to go back to the goddamn mine cart? That's you gotta have that horror movie trope of people like you know normally you attribute it to the teenagers but like these people yeah. can't seem to make uh, logic decisions. I guess that's the way TJ came in, so that's the way he's trying to go out. 
So they start climbing uh, to try to get out, which that's going to be a long fucking time. That is a long, because they said it was like 2,600 feet underground. That's a half a mile worth that's of, because there's 1,320 feet and a quarter of a mile. So 2,600 feet, you're looking at a half mile of fucking climbing. So they start climbing and Patty, you know, she's like, I don't know if it's heights. I don't know what's going on, but she starts to hold up the caravan and suddenly uh, Howard's Dude, body comes if I was falling Sarah, out of nowhere. If I was Sarah, you would have just punted her off the fucking thing. Oh, yeah. I would have grabbed her right by her fuck the back of her pants and just thrown her right off of there. Like, well, I guess Harry got her. <laughs> so Hollis's body comes falling. It's tied to a rope. And when the rope snaps, it causes such a force that it actually rips Howard's head right straight off of his body. Thank Christ. So I like that we kind of get like it that we get the POV at the bottom of the body just falls down, hits the ground. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. So they all decide to uh, now they decide to go back down and they think Harry's up top and fucking with them. So they decide to go and uh, let's go get let's what you said. Let's go to the carts. Well, along the way, uh, act they get to this area of the mine that's got six feet of water. And I think at this point, if you can't guess who the killer is, because uh, they almost kind of make it like kind of suspect that it could be Axel, because he says, well, I'll wait here. I don't know. I never guessed him. So, I just always assumed it was Harry Warden the first time I saw it. So they're, they're moving <clears> and they hear Axel go, so they go back and they find the barriers broken and a light sinking to the bottom of the water. So they Man. just immediately assume that Axel is drowned. 60 um, And then this is the part I'm forgetting. What happens here? This is where somehow TJ gets separated from the group too. Like, Fuck, dude. Isn't there like a little, like, isn't there like a little cave in? Something. Yeah, Something. yeah, I think it's that. Isn't that fork in the road again? TJ goes yeah. right, but shit collapses, and the girls try to look for him, but then they're like, fuck him, and they're like hugging on the wall, you know, because he told them just to yeah, take the right and follow the wall. So they're hugging the wall, and then Harry <coughs> comes out of nowhere and fucking pins Patty right in the gut with the pickaxe. Good. Yeah. I, th- I think at this point, I think everyone's kind of had it with Patty's shit, because she doesn't even get a ceremonious death. It's just no, pickaxe done. Now she's slit right to her stomach. But, that, you know, the the kills in this movie are pretty brutal, because uh, uh, Patty's death, she doesn't even die right away like that. Like, she gets hit in the stomach, and she slowly, like, falls you know, and dies right know there. Patty was pregnant with Horace's baby, and that was a double kill. With Hollis's baby? Mm-hmm. Where did you hear that? I don't remember I just, that. I just made it up. <laughs> well, I mean, Jason killed a pregnant woman in one of the <clears throat> earlier movies, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> Could you imagine if he swung that fucking pickaxe, hit her right in the stomach, and he pulled it out, and there was a little fetus attached to it? Oh. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. That is um, that is like birth control taken straight to the point. Yeah, then Hillary Clinton ate it. Ugh. 
She eats babies. You didn't know that? I mean, I knew Bill, like, got blowjobs, but I didn't know she ate babies. <laughs> That's my favorite thing about the conspiracy shit. Do you know Hillary Clinton's running a pedophile ring out of a pizza parlor? It's like, if anybody was doing it, it was probably Bill. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> so... Sarah is now the only one left, and she's walking alongside the thing, and here comes uh, TJ again. So now it's just down to these two and Harry. So they get to the cart, and they're trying to get the thing going. Harry pops out. And uh, somehow TJ gets the carts moving again, so they jump in. Harry jumps in. And we kind of get, like, this cool, like, Harry's trying to catch... This is what I. This is why I don't think uh, T- Axel is trying to kill uh, Sailor because he seems to only be going for TJ. Yeah, I'd have to rewatch it <clears throat> just with that in mind, whether or not he's trying to kill Sarah or not. You might. You might be right. So he's trying to get TJ. TJ's. Fi- Luckily for TJ, there was a shovel in one of the carts. So they're kind of like they're kind of like having this fencing match with mining tools. Mm-hmm. Uh. They jump out of the car, and then Sarah, like, instead of, like, continuing, Sarah jumps out with them and, like, hits, like, plants her face really hard into the wall. That looked like it had to hurt. We cut to the rescue team. They're coming down. You know, if they had just stayed in that car, in that car, they might have been okay, because then the cops could have just shot Harry. Shot him dead. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, how the fuck do they end up in that little well, room? I'm trying to remember. Well, the, the shit. Oh, that's right. They end up in there and Axel's swinging around all fucking crazy, knocking down support beams. Yeah, they keep backing up till they get to like this little closed off space, and they duck inside there. Axel comes in. He's swinging the pickaxe around all crazy. He's knocking down the walls, the support beams. Uh. I like Sailor. She kind of gets a nice knocking on him. She like grabs this big ass walk and like conks him right in the back of the head really hard. Right. That was kind. I was that thought that was kind of funny. So um, uh, hit Axel. He gets the pickaxe stuck, and so he like TJ's on the ground. He's almost kind of out of it. So and this is where. Like I, like you said, if you go back and watch it, this is where I think uh, he's not. Axel isn't trying to kill Sarah because Sarah's leaning down right next to TJ, mm-hmm. and Axel ha- pulls out a little Bowie knife and he's like going to stab. Like Sarah's like right there next to him, like he could have easily like taken that knife, swung it, and stabbed her in the throat or something. Mm-hmm. But he's like solely focused on killing TJ. Yeah. So, uh, he's about ready to stab TJ, and Sarah like jumps up and pulls the mask off, and this is where the viewer finds out that it is indeed Axel. And we get a fl- another, we get the same flashback scene to Harry killing one of the supervisors, but now we see a kid. And in the unrated extended cut, uh, we see that. Axel saw Harry kill his dad, 
<laughs> Blood splatter on the, his face. Yeah, <laughs> Haley whips the heart out of fucking his dad's chest, and blood just splashed right onto him. Yeah, do, do we need this? Do we need this fucking backstory shit? Couldn't it have just been Harry Warden? Well, we'll get to that when we discuss the remake. We're not gonna like go in detail. We're just gonna discuss like what the remake did and how it failed. So, uh, Axel, uh, TJ grabs a boulder and hits TJ, uh, hits Axel in the chest with it, and that sends uh, Axel into a support beam that causes a collapse. Uh. Uh, TJ and Sarah they get out as the rescue team goes in, and they tell the sheriff that it wasn't Harry Warden, and uh, the sheriff's like, I know. I just got a call from Eastfield. Harry Warden died five years ago. And then they tell him and the mayor that it's Axel. And then they have to announce, oh my god, Harry Warden killed Axel's father. Like, right after they showed it to us. Like, we couldn't, like, put two together. Didn't they know that? Didn't they know that Axel's father was killed? This is not a town of logic. Guess not. So, um, one of the rescuers announces that he's still alive. So Sarah runs back, and what they don't know is that he's cutting off his own arm. So she pull, so they pull off some of the rubble, and she pulls his arm right out of it with a bloody stump. Yep. And you hear Axel, he's like, um... He, like, tells the town to basically go fuck itself and he'll be back and they're all gonna die. And then he tells Sarah to be his bloody valentine. And we get to gonna have a hard time thing. with that one arm, pal. And I know, right? So, uh, we get maniacal laughter as the screen fades to black. My favorite part of the movie's coming up. we get the... Appropriate end song, The Ballad of Harry Warden. <laughs> From a long time ago. Yes, I love the song at the end of this movie. It's fucking fantastic. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is My Bloody Valentine from 1981. So sure before, we go into, before we go into like the legacy and the remake of this film, let's get to it. Um, Tyler. Mm. Big O, high, medium, low, or are you cutting your dick off? Goddamn, I feel like I felt all over again when we were doing Friday the 13th Part 6. Normally, I'm very high on this movie, but this time around, <clears throat> I didn't have the best of time watching it. I still appreciate the, the, the costume of the miner. It's very cool. And I do like most of the characters, and the kills are fucking great, but I feel like it drags in some parts. At least it did this time around watching it. Like I said, with Friday the 13th Part 6, I might go back and watch it here and again in a couple of years and be right back up uh, as its biggest supporter. As we were doing this, I was sitting here thinking, do I give this thing a high or a medium? And before I turned on the special edition Blu-ray, like, oh, yeah, this is going to be the big O again, just like I think I gave it the last time I talked about this on the old show. But 
now I'm sitting here debating, do I give it a high or a medium? It's dropping down that far because it's kind of pissing me off as we talk about it <laughs> more and more. I don't know why. But no, it's a, it's, it's a top-tier slasher movie to me. I'll still give it a high. I think just for some reason, normally I don't pick out little details in movies. Like, I think you were trying to pick some out in an episode of recording. I told you not to use logic. It's probably when we were talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. But sometimes it's sometimes it's hard to get away from it. And for some reason right now, it is. But I'm still going to give it a high. I do enjoy the shit out of this movie. But yeah, top-tier slasher for sure. And <clears throat> they could have done so much more with this Harry Warden character. And... That's what kind of frustrates me, too, is this fucking Axel bullshit. Why the fuck can't we just have Harry Warden out killing people? Or, if you want to do this storyline of, of Axel being the killer, what if there were two Harry Wardens out? What if there was a bunch of murders going on, Harry Warden really was out, and Axel is out because he's fucking Looney Tunes? And maybe fucking Axel gets unmasked at the end of the movie, Harry Warden pops out from around the corner and fucking drills Axel right in the face with a pickaxe, you know, and it is Harry Warden. You could have the best of both worlds. You know, there's, there's a bunch of different ways to do this movie. But uh, unlike Silent Night, Deadly Night, which I felt like never drags, it always had stupid shit going on, titties were out, or somebody's being killed. That's why that gets the big O. This one kind of dragged for me a little bit this time around, but I'll still give it a high. Still love the movie. Still everybody needs to watch it. And I'm going to give this movie the big O. Um... This movie is my favorite slasher movie that's not part of a franchise. Um, Because I don't consider, like, to me, a franchise has to have, like, a bunch of sequels and then then you get, like, the reboot. This movie was just this and then a reboot, so this doesn't qualify as a franchise slasher to me. No. And this is my favorite. Um, I just kind of like... I just like the feel of this movie. I like it's got that hometown feel. It's got like everybody knows everybody. It's more relatable than most slasher movies. Um, I love the I love the background story to this. Um, when they were going to shoot this movie, when the town found out they were shooting a movie there, uh, they went and cleaned up the mine, which was all dirty and everything. So then the clean the crew had to go back in and read and like dirty the mind back up and shit um and one thing i was i didn't i didn't say about it but like the scene when everyone shows up at the mine for the party you can tell that they really that the town really did go to clean this uh mine up because it all looked freshly painted and that it looks like what it 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 feels like what they did was they just kind of like threw dust on the wall to kind of dirty it back up but uh I love the killer. I love the look of the killer. Like, there's one thing about this movie I like is, like, for me, a good slasher villain has to have a cool costume. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the minor. And this is another thing that I hold against the remake is, uh, I think it's just the size of, like, the eyes on the mask make it a little more creepier in this movie than the remake does. Well, let me ask you a question before you talk about that before I forget. You remember when they're down on the mine and the girls are asking what's on the walls and they said they like sprayed it with lime or some shit? Yeah. Do you, th- do you think they had to throw that line in there because when they were trying to dirty it back up, it looked kind of funky and people were like, why would it look like that if you're in a mine? I, it, the- could, it could have been, 
but I also think that might have actually just been a part of the mine down below because yeah. I think that is true. They do put lime on the walls to okay. so the wood doesn't break and to it's like something to help with explosions. Mm-hmm. So that could have just been like little mining facts. But what were you saying about the eye holes? I never really noticed the difference between, but I haven't seen the remake a whole lot, so I'm not familiar down to well, detail like, what the costume was. Well, so uh, for those, just for like, you know, a little trivia, the mask that was used for Harry Warden in this is called a Chemox uh, breathing apparatus. Um, Chemox MSA breathing apparatus. It's a very different, like, it's very difficult to find this mask now. If you want, like, the mask to make, like, a Harry Warden bust, it's very difficult to find it. And the mask that was used by the, um, remake was just a Russian gas mask. But, like, just the size, like, the size of the eye, like, the eyes on the mask. How they, like, those big, like, big bug you so know were what they, I'm saying? Were they, were they? Were they? Are you saying like they're big bug in this movie, but they're kind of circular in the remake? Yeah. Okay, I got you. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You know, it's funny. There, there was a part in this movie where it was lit just right to where it caught Harry Warden's face, to where you can see a good chunk of uh, around his eyes. Yeah, that was uh, when I saw that. That was when uh, he killed Happy. Uh, oh. when he was leaning, when he was leaning down over Happy's body, you saw like a good, you saw the face behind the mask. Right. I think that I think maybe what that was is that's like when you look at the mask face full on, you see it's like tinted in a way, but like if you look at it from like the side like that, then you can see someone underneath it. Um, man, if they would have let him like that the whole movie, that would have been kind of creepy. But. This movie, it does have some pacing problems. It, it definitely feels kind of slow, like when we get to the soap opera stuff. See, I like that part. <laughs> it just kind of feels out of place for me because they built up such this like sense of uh, suspense with the murders going on, and then you kind of get like this sappy like uh, soap opera music and TJ yeah. and Sarah. So. But yeah, I'm going to give this movie the big O. This is definitely one of the better slasher movies that came out of the 1980s. It's definitely underrated in my opinion, but I'm very happy to see that within the last recent years, there's been a lot of love for this movie. Like a lot of people going back and discovering it. Um, I think yeah. that's kind of what led. Like I, uh, I mentioned before the show, I got my Harry Warden figure from Shout Factory that was made by NECA. It's the first ever official Harry Warden figure to be officially licensed. And the figure's awesome. It looks just so screen accurate. No, the character of the Miner is very cool, and it's really frustrating that nothing was really done with it. So, yeah, I'm going to give this the big O. Right on. I believe... To go back years ago to the old show, Cordell, I think I was right there with you. But like I said, the next time I watch it, I might be there again. You just, you just never know. You ever have them times where you sit down and watch a movie and you're just in a fucking weird mood and just don't enjoy it as much as you usually do? Well, Maybe that's I think what's, I might well, just a, I might just be a moody bitch on my period. I don't know. Well, you know, with what you were saying about uh, 
I think this would be a good time. You know, we were talking about like why why, why couldn't the killer have actually been Harry Warden? And yeah. I think this is where we should talk about the remake. So in well, hold on, just a second. I, just just a second. To be fair, me being a moody bitch on my period while watching it, I still give it a high. <laughs> so you know, that's four out of five. <laughs> it's not like I'm saying this movie sucks. I'm just saying I so much. I love this movie so much. It was kind of surprising that it, it went down just a little bit. So you know, I do love this fucking movie. I just want to say that before we move on. So. 2009, Lionsgate got the rights to remake this movie, and there was so much potential, because obviously in this movie, the killer was a copycat. It was Axel. So, um, they had an opportunity to actually make Harry the killer, and the first minutes of the of the remake, Harry was, like, uh, Harry Warden was going around killing people left and right. Yeah, he you're right. He killed people Dude, in the hospital. so long. And Harry got one of Harry got two of the best kills in the remake at the beginning of the remake. How did they uh, shut the one, Harry down? Did he just well, run off? I forget. Well, he, so and did, and then they find his body later. Is that what it was? What happens was so after he is after he wakes up from the coma, he kills some hospital staff, comes back to the town to the mine. And he goes on, he starts killing some teenagers there. He gets the two of the best kills, in my opinion. The one where he pops that guy's eye out with his pickaxe from behind. Yeah. And the other one was when he separated that woman's uh, face at the jawline with that shovel. That was pretty fucking, that was a fucking amazing kill. I might have to go back and watch this. I don't remember shit about this movie. just Just as he goes to kill... Uh, TJ, the cops show up and they shoot him and he kind of runs away and then later in the movie it's revealed that the cops found him afterwards instead of arresting him they just killed him vigilante style and hid the body but uh, in the remake they do the same whodunit but instead of Axel it's TJ I'm just going to spoil that now because I'm never going to review the 2009 remake on this show yeah, they just flip as, it. As long as I have a fucking choice, I'm not reviewing that movie on this show. Uh, the movie has some good kills. It has some good ideas. But just the majority of the movie is all CGI computer blood, which takes me out. And like you said, it's really just a bunch of CW stars, like uh, uh-huh. Jensen Eccles from Supernatural fame's in it. Uh, Tom Atkins is in it. It, so, it. it should be good, and it's not, and that's a and, problem. And here's the thing. I think Harry Warden has the potential to be an awesome slasher villain, like if it was actually Harry himself doing the killing. Right. Like... You know, this was a slasher. You didn't really need a whodunit. Like, they established already at the beginning that everyone thought it was Harry Warden, so it should have been Harry Warden. They didn't need a, to pull a Friday the 13th move on us. So, I don't know. I'm hoping if this movie ever does get remade for a second time, I'm hoping that the writers actually are like... Oh, this could actually be like, you know, let's make it Harry Warden. Let's not, not TJ, not Axel, not fucking the redhead who saw his. And there has been, they do mention in that, uh, 
on the blue on the special edition and that uh, thing with the director and all the cast, they do mention that they do have a script for a sequel. It's just a matter of they're ever going to find a way to generate interest in it. But no, I don't I'd love think to a see it. Just would, like I'd, I'd love to see more killer clowns. I don't know if I don't. I don't know if a sequel would work. You know, with there being so many. I mean. No, I take that back. They could have, like, the original cast come back, and now it's, like, the children or grandchildren of these people got to deal with it, but they've already well, established it wasn't think, really wooden. You also got to think we just had a sequel to the 1978 Halloween in 2018. Yeah, but the, I think the reason why I don't think it would work for a sequel for this movie, like it did with Halloween, was like the killer was still the same. It was Michael Myers. Like, I want to see like a reboot where it's actually Harry Warden. I don't know. That's just my personal feeling on it. What would you say? Crickets? Tyler? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I peed in there. At the <laughs> I'm a retard. But I, 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 I agree with you on some of the things you were saying. The remake it did try to do some stuff, and it succeeded with some of it. But at the end of the day, I, I, I remember enough of that movie to remember that the experience, especially towards the end, I did not like. Because the, the, I can't remember exactly what it was, but wasn't the killer locked in a cage at one point? And it's a complete fucking cheat how he turns out to be the killer at the end. Because I remember yeah. like a character get injured while he was locked in a cage or some shit. And yeah, yeah, they, they think they, they thought they were being clever by changing who the killer was from Axel to TJ. It's, yeah, it's like, TJ's locked. TJ goes to the mine to talk to the foreman because he's decided he's not going to sell the mine. He gets locked in the cage while Harry kills the foreman right in front of him. Yeah, it's bullshit. So you think, okay, so you think, okay, well, we just watched TJ watch Harry kill someone. But it, it was be, uh, but they were saying it was all in his mind. He was watching. It was a split put yeah, yes, yeah, a split stupid. personality disorder. It was not it's, it's not it's good. Stupid. It's stupid. It's not good. But no, I I do remember some good shit about that movie, and yeah, I wish it could have been better. But you know, it might have been one of them things too, where that was. Remember the three D boom that was happening around that time? They might have wanted to rush something out, and they had to name My Bloody Valentine, and didn't think too much more about it, other than you know Tom Atkins' jaw flying at the screen, or you know eyeballs popping out, or whatever. Maybe they didn't put too much thought or care into it. Just here's the name of a horror movie. Let's remake it and make sure shit flies at people. But I, I do own that <clears throat> remake, so I'll give it another go and see what I think. Because it's, it's been probably since we did it on the fucking old show years ago. This is the last time I've seen it. Yeah, I've not watched it in a long time, but I just remember like, not loving it that much. There's just some of these remakes. Why the fuck would you ever go back to them? There's rare exceptions. You know, like if I want to watch Halloween... I'm going to put on Halloween. If I want to watch Friday the 13th, any of them and see Jason, I'm going to watch the original movies. I'm probably not going to put on the remake. You know, if you want to watch fucking Leprechaun, you're going to watch the dumbass MTV, whatever the fuck remake, you know. They it's remade just, Leprechaun? It was a sequel, or I think it was a fucking full-on remake. But 
there, there's rare occasions where you're like, you know, I'd like to watch that remake again. Like, I've been thinking about watching the uh, Town That Dreaded Sundown remake, which is kind of not fully a remake. It kind of includes the original movie in there. It's it's almost... it. So, like, the original Town That Dreaded Sundown was like a recreate... Was, was a docudrama of, the, right. of what no, had happened. And then yeah. the remake is kind of like... It was a movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of like a sequel slash, you know, it's a sequel to an event that never had a sequel. Right, and the Black Christmas remake, I I still check out every once in a while. Which one? The one from like 06, where they make skin cookies. I haven't seen the newest one, I have no desire. But that one's just so bizarre enough to where I kind of want to watch it again. But yeah, I don't know, like big franchise remakes, I just, I don't know. I hardly go back to it. I just rather watch, you know, the other movies. So with that, I'll give my bloody Valentine the the remake another go. I'm sure my opinion is not going to change at all. You know, there's good shit in it, but for the most part, it seemed like they kind of shit the bed with it. And yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave the remake where I think it, it where I think it personally deserves to be. But I mean, if any of our listeners like. If any of our listeners have seen the remake and like it over the original, you know, I'm not going to hold that against you. Yeah, but... or if anybody's listening, period, send in some goddamn feedback to Cordell's email address. I know, I was looking at that. Still, there's still nothing on the email. Give him the email address. I do have an email address. I know, I said give it to him. Oh. <laughs> okay, so... If you want to get a hold of the show, um, you can get a hold of me at uh, CinecultPodcast1978 at gmail.com. You can also look up the Cinecult uh, Facebook page. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at at CalkinsLord. What about you, Tyler? I'm at Slipknot123. Is there anybody on the Facebook page? I don't have Facebook. Uh, Yeah, I introduced... uh, some of my friends liked it to kind of okay. like support me. Nudie uh, liked it. Nudie's a piece of it, shit. Oh come on, you got. I'm just Nudie. joking. Goddamn, Cole. <laughs> you can't. You can't. I was gonna say you can't take everything I say seriously, but then I was thinking you can't take anything I say seriously. So. I don't think Ballsacks liked it yet, though. But I don't think well, Ballsacks uses Facebook a lot. I'll get to. He doesn't use it a lot. You said. Uh, I don't know if he uses Facebook a lot. I oh. don't see him on there a lot. I think the last time I was on Facebook was like 2011. I had an ass full of that shit back then. I, I'll tell you what. You want to know who's going to be very happy about this new announcement when I post it on uh, Twitter? Who? Do you remember a listener named Lich that was on mm-hmm. your show a lot? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. He loves everything I post. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> So, uh, Lurch, if you listen to this episode, shout out to you, man. Thanks for yes, for sure. Uh, Send us a support. piece of feedback. Let us know how we're doing. See um, if we need to see if we're doing okay, or if we need to change it up a little bit. So, and I think that will conclude us for this week's episode. Um, are you are you playing out with the the ballad of Harry Warden? Oh yeah, I'm, that's gonna be in the. That'll be definitely in the credits. Okay, I'm gonna skip um, us talking, and I'm just gonna listen to that. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> all right. Well, go ahead and say good night, Tyler. Uh, 
do, do I sign this off like I used to? You can. Tordell, go fuck yourself. <laughs> go fuck yourself too, Tyler. <laughs> Thank you. Happy right, Valentine's Day. Have a happy Valentine's Day, everybody. And until uh, next time, join us next time. And hopefully we will be doing uh, action movie. Yeah, maybe. Something. Tordell's convincing me, people. I'm a slow converter. <laughs> so, uh, happy Valentine's Day and have a good night, everyone. Bye. <laughs>